It's showtime. Go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 12th day of October, 2022. This is the Horn, head on dot live. It's where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time multimedia madcap extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific daylight time and all time zones in between in the great gold brown whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast if you do show up uh, right about now as the program is beginning you will be greeted by early arriver uh, squeaky and capably moderated let me double check here capably moderated yes indeed by uh Longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky, who, being a third stage guild navigator, has folded space to become man cave. And pinch hit midweek chat room utility moderator and all around great guy, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgia State. Uh, looks like it. Oh, you're, you're being brave, Sparky. 98 degrees and you're man, you folded space to it well now. Mm-hmm. Oh, hi, I'm Robin. It is prayer meeting Wednesday, but I think we shall dispense with the festivities, although. The little old blue-haired ladies and the little old blue-haired men down in the Fellowship Hall kitchen uh, worked all day, uh, knowing that I had recently returned from Alabama on a Northwest Alabama specialty. Yes, indeed. No, no, I'm not talking about Alabama sex clams. Now, quit it. No, uh, it was uh, chicken stew. Chicken stew. Oh, it's beautiful. It's got a golden broth and and thick and hearty, and uh, it's got tomatoes and pasta, and chicken, green beans, corn, onions. Ah, it's just, it's just a delight This uh, on a cool autumn day like today. And uh, there was cornbread. There's always cornbread with chicken stew. Uh, Steve, don't, 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 don't give Sparky grief. 
he, he, he takes Wednesdays off, but he can come in and, 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 and hang out, out on Wednesday. It's not, there's no, there's no ban in the union contract. But no, there, uh, there, there was a lot of, a lot of, mm, boy, that chicken stew was so good. You know, and the, the little trick with a really good Northwest Alabama chicken stew is a little bit of curry powder. Mm-hmm. Just makes it heavenly. And so the barbecue, or the the, 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 the chicken stew and the and the uh, and, and, and the cornbread, there was some tangy coleslaw. Oh yes. Um, and uh, brownies. And I asked the little old blue-haired ladies uh, if they had uh, asked them if they if those were just ordinary garden variety brownies, so, so to speak, or did they, were, were they extra? They assured me they were perfectly, typically normal, and I wouldn't have to worry about anybody getting the munchies during the services. Oh, thank you, Irish Dave, for letting us know. Uh, Dave said, I'm about to go missing in action for the next week or so. Don't be alarmed. Thank you for letting us know. The reason I said we would dispense with the prayer meeting Wednesday festivities was because of the breaking news this afternoon. It just got... Well, let's just say Alex Jones is having a bad day. Somehow his lawyer's in-your-face defense strategy didn't quite exactly work with the jury. That jury in Connecticut, uh, well, it turns out that the jury foreman filling out the verdict form really did write down the number nine and then start writing zeros. 965 million dollars in damages awarded that's on top of the 49.3 million dollars that uh, he had hung on him in uh, Texas the jury it turns out had been deliberating since oh last Thursday so Apparently took them a while to do all that ciphering. And as we say around here, uh, gee, Alex, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. Um, interestingly, in this case, and, and by the way, Waterbury, Connecticut, you were right, Darlene, um, it was, the, was the venue. An FBI agent who first responded to the shooting was also a plaintiff in this case. And um, plaintiff's counsel in their arguments asked for half a billion dollars in, the, uh, to the, in damages for the families and the FBI agent. Oddly enough, Alex Jones... Uh, who is who is so very 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 butch? Uh, chose not to be in the courtroom for the for the uh, reading of the verdict.
um, Chris Matei, lead counsel for the plaintiffs, said, Today a jury representing our community rendered a historic verdict, a verdict against Alex Jones's lies and their poisonous spread, and a verdict for truth and our common humanity. For over a month in this courthouse, the jury bore witness to Alex Jones's 10-year attack on the families standing behind me, an attack that made him very rich, and an attack that exploited the fears and resentments of his audience, an attack that tra- targeted these families with the lie that they were frauds, that they faked the deaths of their loved ones. Uh, then there was uh, Robbie Parker, his six-year-old daughter Emily, was one of those killed. He said, our lawyers helped give me the strength to finally find my voice and fight to stand up to what had been happening to me for so long. And he, uh, he, didn't, he didn't reserve his anger, righteous anger, just for Alex Jones. No. Uh, he, he also called out the people who follow Alex Jones. The little weirdos with their InfoWars bumper stickers in the lot and Prison Planet. saying, look what he gave you versus what he took from us. On the other hand, Norm Pattis said, oh, we very, very, very much, very, getting a lot of work out there, look forward to an appeal. We, ba- we, we disagree with the basis of the default. We disagree with the court's evidentiary rulings. In more than 200 trials in the course of my career, I've never seen a trial like this. Today is a very, very dark day for freedom of speech. Oh, shut up. And uh, so now it becomes a matter of collecting on the judgment. Will not be easy, but it is possible. Free speech systems, there's a complicated shell of uh, sketchy, dodgy corporate structures that undergirds Alex Jones. And free speech systems owns InfoWars and the other garbage that he promulgates. And uh, they declared bankruptcy. It declared bankruptcy a second time this year in order to try to hide assets uh, such as were rendered in this judgment. Or rendered liable. And, well, frankly, it's going to be a little bit like um, the Goldman family pursuing OJ and making sure that they get everything. Um, both the uh, families in the Connecticut and the Texas lawsuits have sought uh, have, have sought action by the federal bankruptcy judge 
to order Alex Jones to uh, give up control of free speech systems because he used free speech systems to send millions of dollars to himself, even as he continued to claim bankruptcy. And so last month, the uh, bankruptcy judge bounced the bankruptcy lawyer for Alex Jones and the chief restructuring officer and found that the company had engaged in a lack of candor with the court, especially about the personal spending of Alex Jones. Now, this is interesting. Today's judgment is compensatory damages only. This is for the loss of the children of Sandy Hook and the damages caused by claiming that the parents were crisis actors or frauds. There's still a possibility for punitive damages. And again, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. Uh, Steve in New York says, I've been sobbing all day, gobs and gobs of crocodile tears. Yeah, I know. And no small amount of giggling. Nearly a billion bucks. Scott in San Diego says, uh, looks like all his in-your-face strategy got Alex Jones was uh, an up-your-ass penalty. Oh, wait a minute, that's quality. Works for me. Of course, a verdict is one thing. Collecting is quite another. According to what his first wife, Kelly, once told the interviewer, the only thing I got from Alex was three wonderful children and a basement full of boxes of 30 years old, unperishable food. <laughs> oh, wait, bucket pudding. Because uh, he was in on that. Uh, on, Jim, Jim Baker's not the only one in on the bucket pudding dodge. And uh, meanwhile, Lady B with an observation on all of this. As you've already heard, the jury awarded the Sandy Hook families $965 million, not including attorney's fees. I don't believe they'll collect that much, but that's not the point. If Alex Jones was smart, he'd settle, preferably for half that amount, and go dark for at least a couple of years. But he won't. He's going to appeal and appeal until he runs out of lawyers to pay. Of course, psychopathic maggots will continue to follow him online, follow him online and keep donating to his tilting at invisible windmills cause. I have a dear friend who's gone down the uh, the maggot rabbit hole over the war in Ukraine and the Ukro Nazis, and it's all terribly, terribly sad. Because, well, I mean, what other way to say it than that lies pay, disinformation pays. Lady B continues and says, Alex is probably bipolar. The batshit insanity part probably came from his upbringing and most definitely steroids. He's a sociopath who knows he's screwed. A person can't dig their way out of a hole to rescue themselves. But if that's all you know how to do, you can't help yourself. Alex is a long-tailed cat in a room filled with rocking chairs. He'll be 
institutionalized before he hits 60 if he doesn't eat some lead first. The real victory would be if he was banned from every media platform, but this is America. You can say whatever the fuck you want, and if you're rich, white, and right-wing, you rarely suffer any meaningful consequences. Donald Trump sends his regards. So it is what it is. Alex will never pay up, and he'll keep punching down, because slandering the innocent has served his ego and his pockets very well. And obviously, there are no consequences for behavior like his, only donations. All the while, democracy as we know it is swirling down the toilet. That's exactly what folks like Alex Jones were created and motivated to do. This is America. This is what we've become. Our ancestors stir in their graves. Hug your loved ones and hold them tight. Here there be nightmares and thrashing about all night. Uh, And adds, Lady B does, I just read Alex Jones can't appeal. If that's true, he might as well eat lead, but we will see. Can he settle? He'll need a couple of conservative billionaire benefactors to get out of this mess if he gets them. He'll continue to spew vile filth, but you don't become a billionaire by being generous, especially for a stupid cause. Alex is stupid. Let's pray his nonsense ends with this verdict. Indeed. The deplatforming would be the most valuable part of this, but the thing is... It, they sh- the, the, the trial showed that he made more money after he was deplatformed. And that's a hell of a thing to note. And that means that means that his reach was uh, on his own platforms was broader than de- and deeper than anything even YouTube uh, could approach. And as Lady B notes, collecting is another matter. And there can be settlement negotiations. But the thing is, is there really anything to appeal? If he exhausts all the appeals then and he's still got, well, basically a, a, a billion dollars in judgments hanging over his head. Does he then say, well, okay, I'll settle. No, it's too late, sugar. The real focus is now in the bankruptcy court. And executing on the judgment wherever, and a determined, you know, I've said before that any lawyer on the planet, or at least in the United States, any lawyer in the United States can divide any number by three. Well, the other thing is a determined lawyer can find money when there is money to be found. I don't care if Alex has it buried in the West Texas dirt. The lawyers will hire a bloodthirsty pack of prison bloodhounds and find it. And at this point in time, it becomes it becomes a sort of a revenge-based justice. 
justice is supposed to be retributive. The only, you know, the state is the only uh, is is the is the only institution that can engage in personal violence, at least in theory, because we do not wish to be barbarians. But it doesn't always quite work out that way. And I suspect the Sandy Hook parents, and justifiably so, will become like the Goldman family. Haunting Alex Jones. Following him pursuing him to the ends of the earth so that he may have no peace. So that there can be no surcease from his sorrow. Sorrow that was in fact self-imposed. He deliberately engaged in conduct that subjected already grieving families to levels of agony which even attempting to imagine we would fail to to conceive of the depths of the horror he created. And so with any luck at all, he will become a haunted man and a hunted man. You know, it reminds me of that uh, old saying from the ancient Greeks, I forget which one, about count no man fortunate until you know the manner of his death. But this isn't like a Greek tragedy. Because a Greek tragedy presupposes a fairly ordinary human being who through the operation of hubris has a tragic flaw of which he is otherwise unaware and which results in calamity and catastrophe befalling the individual. You know, think of uh, think of Oedipus. You know, at the end of Oedipus the King, no spoilers, uh, he plucks out his eyeballs because he realizes that he is an accursed individual who will have to walk the earth blind and despised for the rest of his days. But he didn't even know what he was doing was wrong. He brought plague upon Thebes because, you know, he killed his own father and had sexy time with his mama and had babies, which the ancients viewed as, well, and we do too, not a good thing to do. But he didn't know any of it. But the gods punished him. It was what we call, uh, from a legal standpoint, a strict liability offense. Not a matter of fault, it's just, you did it, you're busted. 
But Alex Jones is no tragic hero because Alex Jones knew full well the evil he was perpetrating. And he was doing it for the purpose of, you know, a buck. And just to give you an idea of his reach, uh, Brother Deacon Asa says, you know, I watched the stats on his live audio stream, as you know. There are upwards of 12,000 people tuning in during live hours every single day. His audience actually grew after he was deplatformed. Right, because it made him some sort of, for lack of a better term, a forbidden fruit. And if he's been deplatformed, he must have done something to uh, uh, to earn the ire of the global elite. And so they're there, down in their mom's basement, hands in a bag of Cheetos. Sipping on their paleo chocolate chicken bone beverage. Ill. And rotting their own minds. And all for the sake of the financial well-being of Alex Jones. Of course, there are people who work for Alex Jones, and I guess they're worried about their jobs now. I'm uh, having a hard time working up a... working up a sad for them. I mean, they had to know who they were going to work for. They had to be of somewhat like mind. So now we will see how this plays out. And if he is hounded unto the ends of the earth... Fine by me. Oh, and you know what? I screwed up at the beginning of the program. I failed to do what I do at the beginning of every program, and that is, well, every program begins with gratitude here. I'm just a little bit late. So, we say thanks. We say thanks to uh, our 12th day of the month subscribers. That means thanks to uh, thanks to Paul and thanks to Gary. Thanks as well to each and every one of you who do what you do to keep this program running. We're moving into the thin part of the subscriber um, uh, portion of the month. So we are down, uh, let's see, where are we? Fundraising goal stands at... Seven hundred and seven hundred and thirty dollars. Alex Jones would sniff at that. <laughs> but, you know, we few, we happy few, etc., etc. And hopefully we will uh, knock that down and keep the bill paying going on. Thanks in advance. I am so grateful. 
uh, by the way, in addition to Alex Jones, uh, Ron and Raleigh with a note going back to yesterday. Wait, what? Tulsi Gabbard has jumped ship and shown her true colors? Uh, I, I have to say that aside from being dead behind the eyes, Tulsi's a beautiful woman and so is Christy Nome. That being said, it puts paid to the old adage, in beauty there is truth. Tulsi is a colonel in the U.S. Army, yet in her tweet where she leaves the Democratic Party, she states that the party is run by elitist warmongers. Why hasn't the Army stripped her and Michael Flynn of their rank and privileges? One of the commentators on Newsmax has touted Tulsi as, running a mate, as a running mate for Trump in 2024. Yeah, you know, as a commissioned uh, as a commissioned officer in the United States military, mm, I thought she was banned or or barred, I should say, because when one joins the military, one gives up a significant portion of one's civil rights, including, but not limited to, certain aspects of one's rights to free speech. But there she is. And here we are. And Ron asks a valuable question. But for that matter, if she views the United States as warmongers, why doesn't she, she simply resign her commission? Because as a commissioned officer in the United States military, well, she is the policy execution arm of that warmongering she despises. Well, but that would involve, you know, not being a, not being a, an absolute blazing hypocrite. But speaking of uh, army officers, uh, Ron and I both saw this story, and this just sucks. Uh, lately, not lately, it's been going on for quite some time, testicle-toasting Tucky Carlson has taken to claiming that wokeness has invaded the U.S. military and that somehow the U.S. military is um, sissified. This from a guy who wore a bow tie on TV for decades. Um, but it, it stemmed in large part from uh, the, the fact that... Uh, The Army redesigned some aspects of, of, of the, the, the uniform. And testicle toasting Tucky Carlson says that 
says that the uh, U.S. military is becoming, his word, not mine, feminized. While China's out there being all butch. And in response to all of these scurrilous attacks on women in the military, who in fact strengthen our military readiness far as opposed to weakening it, well, Major General Patrick Donahoe pushed back against Tucker Carlson's bullshit. He defended tens of thousands of women in the ranks of the U.S. military. But the U.S. military instead bowed and scraped and kowtowed to the likes of testicle-toasting Tucky Carlson and reprimanded General Donahoe for defending his own damn troops. I mean, it's ridiculous. Tucker Carlson in 2021 said that maternity uniforms make it easier for women to pump breast milk on duty and relax grooming standards to allow them to have ponytails and braids. It was March when testicle-toasting Tucky said, While China's military becomes more masculine as it assembles the world's largest navy, our military needs to become, as Joe Biden says, more feminine, whatever feminine means anymore, since men and women no longer exist. Oh. Uh. Now, I, I shouldn't have to say this, but I will say it just the same. At no point in time, ever, anywhere, anyhow, anywho... Has Joe Biden said that the military needs to become more feminine? But I guess by extension, um, what? Tucky wants women to be more butch? That, it, but isn't that sort of gender transgressive too? So what General Donahue, Donahoe did was post a video of him honoring a female officer and, uh, and, and, and uh, tweeted just a reminder that Tucker Carlson couldn't be more wrong. And so when he pushed back, uh, Fox News TV Radio Rwanda and people like Testicle Toasting Tucky and Frau Ingram and a pair of right-wing Indian news outlets highlighted it. 
And then the inspector general's office gets involved and says, while potentially admirable, his post brought a measurable amount of negative publicity to the Army, enough that the Office of Chief of Public Affairs warned the Secretary of the Army of the fallout. His tweets exhibited poor judgment, and the subsequent media coverage drew national attention, and it cast the Army in a negative light. Well, as Ron and Raleigh pointed out a little bit ago, what do you think Tulsi Gabbard and Michael Flynn are doing? But this is the guy whose pension is now in jeopardy? Oh, FMD. Military.com uh, spoke to an anonymous Army general who said, Why would any women want to serve now? The Army gave, them, gave a hunting permit to radical partisans. The Army has gone full MAGA. Ta-da! Here we are. This is the program you tune into. If you want to be so far out in front of the freaking curve, you feel like you're on straight road. We've talked and talked and talked and talked and talked about the, the, the infiltration of the American military by the fascist maggots. Until we're blue in the face. And at some point in time, I don't know, maybe they'll give us a laurel and hearty handshake for being so right so long ago for so long. Damn. Now, now, can, now can we do Tulsi Gabbard and Michael Flynn? Yeah, I guess probably not. Oh, and uh, Steve in New York. Alex Jones in bankruptcy court. Here's what I think will happen. Creditors will come out of the woodwork to file proofs of claim against him. The creditors will work as buzzards on the carcass that is Alex Jones. Three, let him try to get any financing from any institution for the rest of his days. Four, the best part, even beyond collecting, is that he will be in bankruptcy court for the rest of his life. You know, I had a professor once who uh, wrote, I guess it was a law review article or some such, that examined bankruptcy court in comparison um, with uh, the purgatorio of, uh, of Dante. I remember reading it and thinking it was really quite, quite accurate. Meanwhile, Scott in San Diego says, Tucker needs to shut the fuck up. He's such a wimp. A meter made nearing retirement could probably whoop his smarmy little bow tie wearing butt. Well, I, I get your point, Scott. I don't think that's where the bow tie is. Oh, but never mind. No, I, I get it. Oh, and breaking news. Um, coming out of uh, Los Angeles. We've been talking for the last two days about uh, the vile and disgusting racism of former L.A. City Council President Nuri Martinez.
and it's good news. You may recall. Uh, you may you may recall that she had taken a leave of absence, hoping that would calm things down. Well, it didn't. When you get to the place where the president of the United States says, "Honey, you got to go." Um, today, she announced that she is resigning. And there have been protests brewing uh, daily at City Hall demanding that she resign, as well as Kevin DeLeon and Gil Cedillo. Uh, She issued a statement. It is with a broken heart that I resign my seat for Council District 6, the community I grew up in, in my home. Because I'm a racist piece of shit. Oh, I added the racist piece of shit part. Well, that's two of them down. Two more to go. Oh, that's cold, Steve. Steve says, uh, I've been thinking that given the truly awful nature of the LAPD and the latest with their uh, city council, I'm going to suggest a new name for Los Angeles, Los Talibangelis. Ow! Ow! But as uh, as Corinne Jean-Pierre, White House spokeswoman, pointed out, there's no getting around the fact that uh, Democrats hold racists accountable, unlike MAGA Republicans. And that stung. It even reached as far as that miserable fish wrapped the Washington Examiner. Um, Corinne Jean-Pierre said, The president is glad to see that one of the participants in that conversation has resigned, but they all should. He believes they all should resign. The language that was used and tolerated during that conversation was unacceptable. And it is true. You know, over on the maggot side, they'd probably get a medal. And I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out here. Well, Corinne Jean-Pierre, this was beautiful. When a Democrat says something racist or anti-Semitic, we hold them accountable. When a MAGA Republican says something racist or anti-Semitic, they're embraced by cheering crowds and become celebrated and sought after for endorsements. And it just so happened that she was right right there, available to her. Tommy Tuberville. And his full-on Klan talk from last Sunday. And then she hauled out Doug Mastriano, the GOP uh, gubernatorial candidate, who attacked uh, Attorney General Shapiro, the Democratic nominee, for sending his children to a Jewish day school. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre noting, the president used to say, and I quote the president right now, hate never goes away, it only hides. But lately, it's just out in the open as these extreme MAGA rallies. God bless them. 
for calling this crap out. And getting in their face. Yeah, racism will make you wealthy and famous if you're a maggot. The fact of the matter is, the Democrats are better at accountability. Because for the most part, the the Democratic Party doesn't have the tolerance for racism and hate that is built into the Republican Party. It's not just MAGA. Because the essential nature nature of the Republican Party is that they cannot exist. They full-on cannot exist if they purge the racists from their ranks. Big tent, my ass, you know, you purge the racists from the Republican Party, you can hold your convention in a fucking pup tent. And, you know, I, I went back to that, that, that story about Nuri Martinez and the, those, those council members. Uh, one, why were they having a, and, and, you know, I don't know, I do not, I'm not conversant with the nature of the, and I presume California has a sunshine law. Why were they engaging in this redistrict, this redistricting conversation when it was three members of the city council and one president of the, of the Labor Federation there in Los Angeles? If I recall my schooling correctly, the, uh, when, when Tracy was talking the other night, the L.A. City Council is uh, 16 in number. So that means there were 13 people left out of the redistricting conversation. So I'm wondering how that's not a, viola- a violation of open meetings. And two, you've got those four individuals there. Uh, minus one, Nuri Martinez, who's making the shitty comments about little black child, calling him a little monkey, among other things, referring to him as a prop like a designer handbag. And none of those other three had the nerve to say, why are you talking like this? This is wrong. How dare you discuss a child in those terms? How dare you dis- how dare you talk about wanting to beat on that child? And it was all within the context of well, nominally redistricting, but secondarily in the it was the context of a conversation about <sighs> about an MLK Day float and how the child behaved on the float.
And I got... I, you, you, did Nuri Martinez possess such power that, that to speak out against her racism would have incurred some sort of wrath? Again, this was a year ago, and it took that long for this to get out. you got to wonder why. <sighs> and uh, speaking of courtrooms, this is almost hilarious. Some federal judges have decided that they will no longer hire law clerks from Yale Law School. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, protests, <laughs> the idea of somebody like a federal judge protesting something, <laughs> especially when he's a maggot. Uh, maggot uh, appeals court judge from the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, one of the most corrupt courts of appeals in the United States, is based in um, based in New Orleans. Well, uh, James Ho said he will no longer hire law clerks from Yale because of cancel culture. And then, uh, I guess, last week, Elizabeth Branch, another POS, this time on the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals based in Atlanta, said uh, she will not hire Yale law clerks because of cancel culture. Back on September 29th, talking to, ha, look who it is. Uh, there's James Ho, who was uh, a maggot appointee and uh, confirmed to the court in late 2017. Sits on the Fifth Circuit. Uh, decided to, well, he was invited to speechify, where else, at the Federalist Society. And unburdened himself of the notion that Yale not only tolerates the cancellation of views, it actively practices it. I'm going to boycott Yale, and you should too. I don't want to cancel Yale, he said. I want Yale to stop canceling people like me. Motherfucker! You sit on the... Fifth United States Circuit Court of Appeals. You have a lifetime appointment, you rotten-ass son of a bitch. It is impossible to, for anyone to cancel you short of the Supreme Court of the United States and baby doll, you think like the majority thinks and they're not going to cancel nothing. Uh, according to the Washington Free Fish Wrap, 12 other judges said in anonymously that they would join the boycott. 
And so uh, Elizabeth uh, Branch in Atlanta said, Like Judge Ho, I am gravely concerned that the stifling of debate not only is antithetical to this country's founding principles, but also stunts intellectual growth. She said that in a statement to the National Review, a right-wing rag. Why is, she, why is a sitting U.S. US Circuit Court of Appeal judge issuing statements to a partisan rag like National Review? Accordingly, I accept Judge Ho's invitation to join him in declining to consider students from Yale Law School for clerkships with me, with an exception for past and current students. God, these snowflake little POSs. Where does this come from? Well, you see, some students at Yale had the absolute unmitigated temerity to push back at what else? A meeting of Federalist Society dirtbags at Yale. Uh, Yale's Federalist Society hosted a bipartisan panel on civil liberties and free speech. And then, lo and behold, a hundred students showed up and engaged in some free speech. And invited to that uh, that gathering was one Kristen Wagoner, who is from the Alliance Defaming Freedom, the very outfit that is chipping away and hammering away at the freedom of people not to have to follow religious dictates in this country. And so they yelled at poor Kristen Wagoner, who got us sad because of it. Fuck her! Sorry. Shit-eating fascist. And understand, the Alliance Defaming Freedom is a shit-eating fascist organization. They're one of these grifts that drags $100 bills down alleys trying to find Christians to complain that they're being persecuted when they're the goddamn majority in this country. No! Uh, Heather Gherkin is the dean of Yale Law, and uh, she said, The vigorous exchange of ideas is the lifeblood of this law school. Protecting free speech is a core value of any academic institution. So, too, is cultivating an environment of respect and inclusion. These two values are mutually reinforcing and sit at the heart of an intellectual community like ours. Well, meanwhile... Kristen Wagoner of the Alliance Defaming Freedom went on TV on, where else, Fox News TV Radio Rwanda and pissed and moaned to Steve Douchey, 
saying, the students were not only physically intimidating the other students and the speakers, they were pounding on the walls, blocking the exits, and disrupting the event throughout. They offended the Federalist Society. So therefore they must be punished. For the Federalist Society is our masters. And will not tolerate disagreement. And the idea that this is about free speech. You'll notice that Monica Miller from the Progressive American Humanist Association isn't saying anything. Oh, but but Judge the Ho, well, Judge the Ho is uh, uh, upset. Because he said, you know, several years ago, 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals Judge William Pryor was disrupted by loud, angry law students in the classroom. And that was because William Pryor, when he was Attorney General of Alabama, was a complete, total homophobic piece of shit who apparently had a nude profile of himself on a Rent Boy site. I don't know. I saw the picture. Didn't look photoshopped to me. But uh, William Pryor when he was the uh, Attorney General of Alabama, uh, was supportive of Texas defending of its anti-sodomy law. That was struck down in 2003, uh, Lawrence versus Texas, and is one of the cases that Slappy Thomas, acting on behalf of the Federalist Society, of course, has demanded that, you know, the Alliance defaming freedom or the Thomas More Society or the Heritage Foundation or somebody bring him a plaintiff that he can use in order to strike down Lawrence so that anti-sodomy statutes can proliferate all, all throughout the Confederacy and instantaneously make criminals out of the entire LGBTQ community and also any married couple that engages in oral sex. We're going to have to build some more prisons. But of course, you know how this law will be, how it'll be applied if they get their way. The vast majority of defendants will, of course, be, what else? Queer black people. Queer black trans people. Because that's how this works. And so, uh, on Fox and Fiends, uh, Kirsten Wagoner, who was terribly, terribly triggered and snowflaked by all the, by, by, by the fact that people fucking hate her because she's hateable and because she's loathsome and because she is a walking piece of human fecal material, said... You can't have a justice system that works without the free exchange of ideas. We know that good lawyers and good law clerks need to be able to understand and engage with ideas and people that they dislike. So I don't think it's any surprise that federal judges are taking notice when Yale seems to have abandoned these principles in favor of coercing uniformity of thought. This has nothing to do with coercing uniformity of thought. 
It has to do with protesting someone who is a straight-up, goose-stepping, goddamn fascist piece of shit. And piece of shit policies that they promulgate. Like telling every person capable of giving birth in the United States of America that they are a second-class citizen, incapable of making decisions about their reproductive systems. It's pure Orwellianism that this blivet is barking and grunting about the free exchange of ideas when she is a member of a party that passes laws that forbid people from even so much as talking about abortion or saying that it could be a net positive good. But, it, but then again, with these pieces of shit, everything that they say is either a confession or projection. Uh, then there's a Yale Law grad and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, who said... I would say Harvard and Stanford are equally bad in their own respects. Imagine the tables were turned. Suppose that it was conservative students objecting to a left-of-center speaker using similar tactics. There's little doubt that there would have been outcry at Yale and across elite institutions that these students were inciting violence. Way to set up the straw man there, Vivek. Beat the shit out of it, didn't you? But the thing is, the reason that's not happening, for the most part, is that the, the, the things that the protests are about are not policy. They're not... No, they are matters of basic human dignity. And the Alliance Defaming Freedom and its Kristen Wagoner seek to control people who do not wish to be controlled by their weirdo religious doctrines. Well, at least Judge Jerry Smith of the Fifth Circuit said uh, that uh, Judge the Ho's uh, boycott is regrettable. He said, send me more applications from Yale grads. That dude was appointed. He's been on the court for a while. He's been on the Fifth Circuit uh, since he was appointed by Ronnie Reagan. (sighs) Of course, I imagine Kristen Wagoner doesn't have to worry about, you know, things like an unwanted pregnancy because she's wealthy enough that she can just go and get her little problem taken care of in a state where it's still legal. Or maybe the Alliance Defaming Freedom is in D.C. where she still has abortion access. God, I despise these people. And more importantly, when a when a judge the when judge the hoe and 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 uh, who's that other appeals judge uh, the, 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 the branch when they come out and make public statements like that, their impartiality uh, goes any notion of their impartiality goes right down the drain. Not that they ever had it. Judge the hoe got his job because. 
He was a right-wing goddamned ideologue who was appointed to his position by, of course, Nitwit Nero. He was Taiwanese-born, appointed by the, the, the COVID Caligula, geezer disgustus. He graduated from Stanford and the University of Chicago, as Ron and Raleigh points out, the two most conservative law schools in the country. Remember, the Chicago school fucked up Chile under Pinochet for decades. I would like these shit sticks, Ron and Raleigh says, to stop saying cancel culture and woke and any other memes they've stolen from black people. Yeah, see, it's only cancel culture if it applies to them. It's uh, freedom when they do it to someone else. See, says Brother Deacon Asa, the libs is now canceling Latinx people. This woke bullshit has done gone too far. But Nuri Martinez will be okay. She's not going to be eating uh, frijoles y arroz uh, anytime soon. Unless she wants to. God, I love rice and beans. I don't know why that's my... I don't. She ain't going to be eating mustard sandwiches, okay? Well, our prediction came true, uh, or particularly Lady B's prediction. With the nearly billion-dollar judgment having been handed down against him, uh, Alex Jones didn't miss a beat. He gave a fist bump. Uh, when he went on the air and or a fist pump and and it was an extended emergency broadcast and he directed people to the Infowars store and asked for personal donations. By the way, while Alex is out there trying to scrounge up a billion dollars, we're trying to scrounge up seven hundred and forty or seven thirty, and it would be great if that could happen. I would really appreciate it. Um, and then he started, th- thanks for sending this along, Darlene. He started uh, uh, railing that COVID vaccines have killed tens of millions of people. Ah, if you're going to bioattack people with a virus and then the vaccine, that's even worse. It's not a vaccine. You've got to have a story of how you messed up. They intended this to break the social contract and make everyone hate the government and cause civil war worldwide. But if people know it's a master plan to create the civil war, we don't blow up our government. We don't burn things down. We politically take control and then prosecute and then execute the war criminals after they've had a trial, after they've been given appeals, everything. But yes, obviously, the people that launch these bio attacks need to be arrested, need to be tried and need to be executed. My God, if there's a death penalty out there for these, if it's for these people as an example to other criminals like them. You want to kill tens of millions of us. You want to maim billions of people, we're going to hang your ass on international television. There will be 7 billion viewers when you're swinging at the end of a rope. And yes, I'm saying it, they need to be executed. (sighs) Well, doesn't didn't seem to slow him down none, did it? Because right now he still thinks his money's safely hidden away. Uh, Dave number 11 says, I'm feeling nostalgic for Trump nicknames. My all-time favorite is Emperor Tang. (laughs) 
I don't know if I've ever heard that one day. That's good. Lassie get the sheriff, says Ralphs. Yeah. Uh, knocking down this, it'll be great because still about mm, yeah, never too much in bills to even ponder. None. <laughs> Found out I got to have new brakes and new bearings. As I was on my way back from Alabama, that telltale whirring kicked up, and the car's about 90,000 miles. So, yeah, it's probably bearings time. Yay. But uh, let's run over Let's run over to the Skype line. Uh, I think we got... Uh, I think we got Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Oh, wait a minute. I screwed up. Stand by. Stand by. I was charging. Had to get you into the board. Are you there now? Hello? Yeah, there you are. So... How you doing? Uh, middle of the week. I'm okay. So we have. So I thought you got my text message about Nuri um, um, Martinez resigning her seat. Now we got two down, two to go. And like you said, and unfortunately, I'm going to be stuck in traffic today because our president is going to be here this afternoon. Well, that's worth it. I don't know where it. he's going, but he, yeah, but still, I'm not, I woke up this morning with something happening. I woke up throwing up and it's like, now you know how I'm now, I, I, I came to work today, this afternoon, but now I'm feeling like clammy and I'm like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, ew. But anyway, so you see this, you also see that our attorney general is going to be, um, investigating the redistrict the whole the the scheme to redistrict um the city you know the, the city council districts because so i don't know if i talked about this well that was um, the question i was asking it's a 16 member city council what are three members of the city council doing having a private conversation about it assuming that california has an open meetings law that part and also the collusion, you know, because we're talking, I think I remember remember uh, me talking about Mark Ridley Thomas, because when they were talking about Heather Hunt, they, she was sworn in to take over that council seat that, that when they suspended um, Mark, Ridley, Mark Ridley Thomas from the L.A. City Council. And so, and it's, that's, that's been, a, it's just been contentious about that, too, because for all this time, District 10 had no representation. So when there's, you know, budget allocations and stuff like that, they had no voting, per- nobody to vote for their interest on city council. And so now that they, you know, put in Heather Hunt, because basically they were saying, um, we want somebody like Heather Hunt, and I know nothing about this woman, to take over because she'll align with us. Now, I, you know, I don't know the law, but doesn't that sound like conspiracy? Or collusion? Am I using the right word? Well, no, word? It, it, it does. You know, because the thing is, and and back to Mark Ridley Thomas, you know, he got indicted, you know, for the, that thing with USC, the woman that he was indicted with, did plead guilty. But then again, she's 86 years old. What is, what's really going to happen? The 86-year-old white woman. What's really going to happen to her? 
Mark Whitley Thomas, I believe his trial starts either sometime late this year or beginning of next year, what have you. But they took him, not only did they suspend him from city council, they took away his pay and his medical insurance. And so, and and, uh, Martinez was one of the lead, one of the main people who voted for that. So now we gotta go back and look at what was her, you know, what really were, were their intentions to get rid of Mark Ridley Thomas. And I'm not saying that Mark Ridley Thomas is innocent. No, no, he's a lifelong politician. I mean, he was city council, then LA County supervisor. Then when he dies, are they gonna have to? Are they gonna have to bury him with an auger and screw him into the dirt? Pretty, to- yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's like, I mean, but aside from that, he has done a lot of good for his district. You know, and so, uh, so now you got that, and then the whole thing about, um, you know, just in, just the the whole thing is a mess. And yesterday, in class, because you know, in, um, yesterday was our meeting in grad school, and the majority of the students in my cohort are Latinx, including our professor, uh, my professor. And I asked, I said, where do we go from here? Because one of the things, I think one of the most upsetting things about all of this is the fact that if it wasn't for the civil rights movement, if it wasn't for the civil rights movement was, you know, laid ground, the foundation and groundwork for all these other civil rights movements, including, you know, the Latinx movement, you know, um, uh, La Raza and, you know, Cesar Chavez and all of this, they learned from us. And yet, we're still on the bottom rung when it comes to civil rights. Especially, I mean, for you know, I don't, I didn't, but at California, in, in Los Angeles, black people make up eight point something percent of the population in the entirety of uh, the city of Los Angeles, and only 6.5 percent of the population in the state of California, and 13, you know, a little over 13 percent in the entirety of the populations of these here United States. Okay, so when you're sitting in a room talking about taking away what little power we what little power we have in this city, it is troubling. It is not troubling, it's beyond troubling. I need a stronger word, Robin. Come on, wordsmith. Come on now. Wrong. 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 It's It's wrong. wrong. It's wrong. It is wrong, and, and coming after, because I, I haven't listened to the whole, because the whole um, tape is like an hour long, and I haven't listened to it yet, because I'm not, I just, I, I'm still not feeling well, and there's only so much I can take. Well, listen, that you worries know? me, the, the part about you not feeling well. Um, you know, they say that the uh, flu is running wild now. Oh, Jesus. Have you gotten your flu shot yet? Oh, as a matter of fact, not only did I get my flu shot, I got I I got the I got my flu shot and my booster on the, at the same time. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, you know, I, I it just might be a, the after effects of um the, you know, the shots and stuff like that in addition to everything else. 
Well, hopefully, hopefully, so, what, just, if so, if some if something's got you, hopefully it won't get too much of a hold on you. No, it's just you know I I just the the clamminess. I I think it a lot. It has to do with the weather as well. I don't know if you heard, but yesterday we had thunderstorms. What? <laughs> yes, we had actual. You know, yesterday afternoon, I'm sitting in the car waiting for the kids to get out, you know, get to, get in the cab, and I see a drop of rain. You know, I'm like, is that rain? Because the sky was still pretty blue. And the next thing I hear is thunder, and, all, and then the sky just opened up. It was crazy. It just poured? It, it, it just poured. And so, and then it just stopped. It, it was only in the valley because it didn't, it didn't rain. Well, it, I guess, I think it rained, from what I understand, at the beaches. Because they closed down the beaches because there was actual lightning strikes. Ooh, maybe it, maybe it made some of that beach glass. Right. Ooh, that's true. And so, um, but now it's sticky and humid. Oh yeah. It's pretty damn gross. It's just so. I think a lot of that has. Because you're not used to hot I'm and feeling. humid, are you? No. No, not even remotely you know so i think that that has something to do with it as well um i just you know when i woke up this morning i was queasy and stuff so i didn't i didn't do my school run this morning i'm doing it this afternoon because i was feeling better but it's just i i i I, i'm just going through the and it's and yeah let me stop please please stop please please it's just, you know, finishing up. This is because this is the end. Next week is the end of my first eight weeks um, of grad school. And um, the next week, the week after next, we start in on our the second class of the semester. So it's just a lot, you know, just trying to, you know, stay ahead of everything, trying not to stress myself out because you know how easily. I stress myself out because I'm me. So that part. But yeah, I just so in class yesterday we were talking about, you know, what how do we regain trust, if ever? And, you know, we were talking about voting and stuff like that. But in one of our readings, and I can't remember which one it was, that there are people that are under the delusion that you can vote out racism and you can't i mean you can okay you can vote the people out who are racist but you can't until you do something about this you know the the structural and institutional uh you know institutional racism in this country and and start there there's nothing you can do about it because we can vote out miss mcconnell we can vote out lindsey graham we can vote out tim scott and all that you know, we can make people like, you know, Martinez and Cedillo and um, De Leon resign, but if, uh, until we get rid of and deal with the structures of racism, there's nothing we could, nothing's going to change, you know, until we have these hard conversations. And not only, and, and, but you know what, Robin, because I think I heard you saying, you know, talking, I'm real tired of people talking. 
I'm, I'm, I'm very tired of people just talking and talking and talking because talking has, where has the, where has the talking gotten us, Robin? Nowhere. That, I mean, I, sometimes, sometimes the talking actually staves off worse things. It does to a certain extent, but does it make but does it make any fundamental changes? No, no that it, are, that, that, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I mean, it, that's where that's where you can get kind of biblical, and you haul out the uh, that that old fashioned "be ye doers of the word and not hearers only." That part. That part. You know, it, it's just. I'm I'm really at that point where I'm just I'm really tired and like I said I was I was heartbroken when I when I heard what these people were saying and then like I said to go back to what how they treated Mark Ridley Thomas and all this other stuff and you know and like you said the thing is about um um, the thing about, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, like you said about Democrats, about accountability. And there's, and therein lies the difference between the, you know, Democratic Party and the Republican Party. We try to, you know, when we hear about stuff like this and when, and when we bear witness to it, we're like, oh no, this is, this will not stand. Whereas the Republic, you know, they get speaking engagements. They make mil, you know, you know, make millions of dollars on their, on their hate. Like Martin, those three or, or four rather are done. There's nothing that can, you know, I don't, you know, know where they're ever going to work again or who's ever going to hire them. You know, and well, I also who I really, you know, who I really feel bad for, and because I don't feel bad for them at all. I feel bad for their staff. But yeah, because now they're tainted. Well, I don't think anybody who wasn't on that call is tainted. Well, when or, you I mean, no, on I mean, your resume. Well, and that's okay. Help me here. That's one thing I have not been able to sort out. That was it. Was that an in-person meeting or was that a call? That was an in-person meeting. And so. Uh, uh, how do you? No, I mean I don't know. I mean maybe Bill, if Billable Rick's listening, you know, maybe we can get a little, you know, get a little uh, pricey on the on the on the open meetings law of California. But it does seem to use a term that you used earlier. It seems collusive to have three members of the city council meeting with the uh, with the uh, uh, federation, uh, the city federation of labor president. In what I assume was not a scheduled meeting. Nope. I mean, in in what in what political system that purports to be uh, to partake of fairness is that okay? It is not. And when I talk about their staff members being tainted, I'm talking about like when they put on their resume. So who was your previous employer? Uh, what? You know, you know, I'm talking about you know their staff meeting, you know their staff yeah. people looking for jobs because you know 
Um, who was your previous employer? Well, um, 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 well, um, I don't. I, was I worked for the. No, no, no. I worked for the city of Los Angeles. <laughs> so I'm like that, or I was a piano player I, I, in a whorehouse. I mean, you, you. right? I think I think they would get a, they would have a better chance of getting a job, you know, because piano player in a whorehouse, yeah. Yeah. See, Darlene in Connecticut just said in Connecticut we would call that a FOIA violation. We would probably call that one of those here too. And there's a violation. A FOIA, Freedom of Information Act. Oh, 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 got you. Yeah. Hi, Darlene. Hi, Darlene. So, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I think if there's going to be an attorney general investigation, I think it needs to probably be broader in scope than just you know that one issue you mentioned. No, uh, from what I read, when I scanned the article, uh, I think it's going to, because uh, now they're going to have to start looking into all the decisions that the entire council made. It's not going it, to, it might, it, this is going to probe deeper than anybody wants it to probe. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it, it is not going it, it is not going to bode well. For it, for it's just, you know, uh, like you said, when the president of the United States, it's, it's also embarrassing. And we were talking about this Monday. Has, has Gavin Newsom said anything yet? No, he said, you know, he did come out and say, you know, the, the typical racism doesn't belong here in the, in the state of California, yada, 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 yada. But he has, I have yet to hear definitively that he said they need to go. I guess he figures since Biden said something he doesn't need to, which is bullshit. But when, like you said, when the president of the United States says, y'all come on now. Fortunately, the good news is um, none of them are up for real, except for, like I said, the deal. He lost his re-election bid, so he's gone anyway. Um, and DeLeon and um, but, I mean, Martinez. But, but Cedillo is still a sitting member of the, of, of the council, yeah, right? Yeah, but what I'm saying is that, yeah, oh, yeah, most definitely. But my point being is that at least his seat has already been taken care of. We don't have to worry about replacing him. No, but he needs to go um, right now. now. Now, he needs to go right now. But what I'm saying is he's, you know, there's nobody, the person that's replacing him is a progressive young person and, you know, and is found to be making a lot of changes in his history. My point being is that the two other seats, uh, Martinez and De Leon, they're not up for re-election until 2024. So now we're going to, you know, if, like I said, my point being is that whoever, there's, we didn't have to worry about a maggot getting in their seat, you know, if they were running for elect, if they were running for re-election in a general in November. That's my point. So we, now we got to have to deal with, you know, getting representation 
for their district. It's just, it's, 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 it's just really bad. Well, I hope, I hope, I hope none of those seats are like her seat. There's no way her seat's going to be filled by a Republican, is there? Oh God, no, 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 no. Neither, neither one of their seats. Um, they're, they're solidly blue. Solidly. Um, they're very district, so we don't have to worry about that. But now we have to go through what we went through when they got rid of Mark Ridley Thomas giving those people the representation that they deserve. Right, exactly. You know. Well, you know, we were talking we were talking about know. Alex Jones earlier too. Um oh. did I tell you that I was already queasy? I, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I ran across this story and this is a like really? So there's this the, there's this well known dude plays for the Brooklyn Nets, you know, basketball player, uh, Kyrie Irving. And well, he missed over two thirds of his game during the two thirds of his games during the pandemic because he refused to get vaccinated. Oh, he refused to get vaccinated, right? And well, now he's well. Let's put it this way: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has come is coming after him. Ooh, you do not, you do not, people do not realize how intelligent that man is. Well, uh, he's coming after him because he posted, uh, uh, Kyrie Irving did, a video from uh, Alex Jones about the New World Order. Oh, no. You know... Is this, I mean, it, I'm trying to, is this a money thing? I mean, what, I mean, no, how, 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 how does it, how does a black dude, I mean, how does a black dude go down the Alex Jones rabbit hole? I don't, I mean, and we talked in, in, during the 2020 election, you know, because what is my major? I have a kind of studies, and the majority of my classes back in, the, in 2020 were. No, all of my classes were Africana studies, and the conversations that we were that I was hearing from young black men was troubling. And so, I think I, think I sent you that I forgot what they were called, the man something or another, and it's this whole movement within the in, with black men about the way you're supposed to act, you know, and it's a lot of this new world order stuff. And I, I don't know where it's coming from. The Maniverse, I think that's Oh, yeah, called. oh, the, the, no, the Manosphere. The Manosphere, right, 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 right. And see, and this has nothing to do with money. Because a lot of these, you know, and I was listening to these, you know, my, my fellow students, these, you know, young black men. This is their, just you know, this is just misogynistic I, grievance. Yes. And I. I well, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, okay. called him out and said, "Irving does not seem to have the capacity to change, but we have the capacity to keep fighting against his brand of destructive behavior. One way to do that beyond shaking our heads and nasty tweets, ooh." That's going to leave a mark. 
is to write his sponsors, tell them to drop Kyrie Irving or you will drop them. Nike has likely decided to not renew his contract past this season, but he's still sponsored by Pepsi and 2K Sports. Don't feel bad for Irving. His career earnings at the end of 2022-2023 season will be be $230 million. That buys a lot of yes people. Yeah, he, he won't he won't be getting he won't be eating mustard sandwiches. Precisely. And then 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 he countersunk the nail, Kareem did, and said Alex Jones is one of the most despicable human beings alive, and to associate with him means you share his stench. <clears throat> and went on and said Kyrie Irving would be dismissed as a comical buffoon if it weren't for his influence over young people who look up to athletes. When I look at some of the athletes who have used their status to actually improve society, Colin Kaepernick, LeBron James, Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell, Billie Jean King, Arthur Ashe, and more, it becomes clear how much Irving has tarnished the reputations of all athletes who strive to be seen as more than dumb jocks. Go, man, go! Oh. See, Kareem, you know, I did not realize until years, a few years ago, because he came out and wrote an opinion about something, and I forget what it was, because, like I said, I have the retention of, you know, especially math, but I did not realize just how brilliant he was, or is, rather, you know, and I was like, duh. Because, like you said, I mean, he's not a, he he is not a dumb jock. The man is brilliant. Oh, and you know, but to say, but to have when you okay, you know me in, in sports and stuff like that. But there are people, there are you know NBA sports legends that people admire. You know, Kareem, Dr. J, Magic. All these Bill Russell, when Bill Russell, when you know, when these young men were thinking about becoming bas- you know, playing basketball in the NBA and whatnot and so forth, Kobe Bryant and all that, these are the people they aspire to be, especially Kareem. He's a living legend. So when a living legend of the NBA comes after you, young blood, oh. That's got to sting. That's got to sting. Well, assuming for a moment that Kyrie Irving even knows who he is, he doesn't seem. He does not seem like the. He does not like. He does not seem like the sharpest knife in the chandelier. No, I mean this is a person who, though, refused to get vaccinated, and. We have a, we like yeah, and, and Ralph just pointed it. out, you know, Ralph just said last year, I lost all respect for Aaron Rodgers and his anti-vax attitude. Yeah. Okay. And, and, oh, 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 and I mean, how do we, how do we, how do we do this segment and not mention Brent Favre? Okay. That dude. That, I up, mean, how much Up to his eyeballs in, in, up to his eyeballs in. Mississippi racist well it 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 is racist in nature because he accepted funds no wait I'm going to get myself in trouble I'm trying to say this without 
He's a skeevy son of a bitch. Skeevy. Just mentioning his name. Remember I said I felt clammy already today? Thank you. Just getting worse. It's just getting worse. Now, they took money to give to him. They stole money from, from the people of the state of Mississippi that apparently that people, 80% of the people, and, you know, if I got my numbers wrong, please correct me, who apply for help for, for food and, and whatnot were denied. And yet... Right. They took that money that was there. See, this is the thing... You know, I was reading about, uh, you know, these things about state, you know, in my, in my, in my readings at school. And I learned about block grants and stuff like that. And while a lot of these, you know, these programs are federal in nature, they still have to, they're administered by the states. And so the states decide who's going to get what, or better yet, or worse yet, who's not going to get anything. And to me, it's, it's, it's no different. Because we know how these states are. I think about uh, during the New Deal, when they were giving out relief to people other than black people. Or the GI Bill, when they were giving it to people other than black people. Cause it, and so I, I you know... The things as I learn and the angrier I get about this country, and I'm thinking, why do they give these? I mean, and again, I know it's the federal thing and stuff like that, but when are we going to learn that these fools don't know, don't act, do not act right? How much did he steal? From, how much did the state of Mississippi steal from his their 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 people? To, what was it, a volleyball or a stadium or something? Yeah, and oh, but don't forget the speaking fees, the million dollars in speaking fees. I didn't know. I didn't know about the speaking fees. Yeah, yeah. Out of those welfare funds, he was paid a million dollars in speaking fees, and he gave that back when he got called on it, but he refused to give back the interest on it. Yeah, I know, right? Now, is he from Mississippi? Oh, yes. He's 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 a favorite son of Mississippi. He went to the University of Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg. And who did he play for when he was a quarterback? Well, Packers and then the Vikings. Okay. But the ball, but he got his ring with the Packers. Okay. Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. I do know some stuff. But so... So he comes back to, so he's in Mississippi. Now, my question is, do people like him? Because, again, you know me. I They worship I him. Just, they worship him. I'm talking about, okay, they worship him. And, I mean, he's kind of beloved by black and white folks alike. Because he's a Mississippi boy oh, who know. went out and made good in the in the civilized world. These people, it, it's, it's just. But speaking, but speaking of Mississippi, we, Tracy, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, there's now an investigation underway, uh, and this brought because you know 
January 6th Commission Chairman Benny Thompson is from Mississippi. Yeah, now I know he's from Mississippi. Well, there's a uh, an investigation underway now because a letter with what is referred to as concerning language was found in Chairman Thompson's office. Oh, God. And see, was, this is this is days before they're going to have their, I guess, final hearing. Right. And they were really cagey about it and said, This afternoon, congressional staff inside the Rayburn House office building reported that they received a letter with concerning language. What does that mean? Uh, and uh, they tweeted later, We take all concerning statements and threats seriously. And we're now working to determine who sent the letter and why. Oh, so it was a something threatening the congressman. Uh, and the members of the committee, but since they delivered it to him and since we know who we're dealing with here, you can almost guess the magic words in the letter. Yeah. So where did we go from here, Robin? Well, all you all you can do. I mean, you have the only thing you can do with fascists <laughs> is crush them. True. And and you know not you know you hit them and then you hit them some more. You make it too expensive in multiple means of cost to be that but then they keep being who, to be who they are and by the way Darlene says uh, hey Tracy hey and then adds uh, <laughs> Kareem's brilliance shines in his thinking and in his writings he's excellent at both and he is he is he you know he, he he's no joke and that fi- and, 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 and that and that Probably final January 6th hearing, um, and I don't know, well, it'll be at 10 a.m. your time tomorrow, 1 o'clock okay. Eastern. So I'll be I'll be glued to my telescreen. Well, I hope so. And actually, I will be too because I will be home in the morning. Nice. You know, I just, I just... I know you're I tired. Know, it's just exhausting. I'm just, I'm just, I'm sick and tired of being, you know, Saturn and Hamer. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because it's, 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 it's just exhausting dealing with these people and their, and their hate and their viciousness. And it's this. I sometimes I feel like we're when it comes to these people, we're jousting at freaking windmills. You know. So it's yeah. just you know. But anyway, enough of that. Have you been watching? Have you seen the? Did you watch the latest Quantum Leap? No, don't say a word about it. I know where it's going. It's episode what <laughs> three or four? It's episode four, and they're transing him. Mm-hmm. 
don't say anything else because. Well, no, no, no. That's not the latest episode. So you're an episode behind. Oh, am that I? Was last week. Uh huh. Well, I'm, I'm e- I am I am eager to get at it, and and Annette and I have promised each other that we will watch that tonight. Right now, because um, you have so you'll have two episodes to watch tonight. E. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't watch last night's episode because um, I was watching something else. So I'll, I'll watch it today, later on today on Peacock, but. Yeah, um, that episode was, was really good. Oh, and there's gonna be some. Oh my goodness, there's gonna be some revelation. There's gonna be some revelation. <laughs> I could. Oh, you. Oh, you want a spoiler so bad? I can hear it. Oh, oh, I do, I do, I do, but I won't. I won't. I won't. Well, we watched. But, we watched the latest House of Dragons last night. You know, how is that? I I just haven't been able to get into it. I like it. I mean, I like it. it. I like it. Okay, okay, okay. And I found out that one, and it was just a little sort of under the radar show that I watched all of while I was recuperating last November, uh, sort of, is coming back in December to HBO Max. What is sort of? I think I, I think I remember you talking about it, but I don't quite. Uh, it's out of Canada, and it's about um, uh, and uh, 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 a. Uh, I think she's in. I think they're Indian, an Indian, an Indian non-binary person, and. Oh wow! And it's it's touching and it's freaking hilarious. And uh, the featured actor is named Bilal, and I can't I can't wait. It's just really good television. See, it's, it's some things that we look forward to because see, we need you know all the stuff that are going that's going on in our brains and the stuff that we absorb. But and I'm not going to be I'm not going to be happy until we get back get Ted Lasso back. I don't know how many t- I don't know how many times Annette and I have rewatched the entire two seasons, just because you got to get a little fix. Because, well, it just makes you feel so good, and it's so hilarious. It does make you feel. Speaking of hilarious, have you watched? Because you have you have Hulu, yes. Yes. Have you watched reboot yet? No. Robin. Now, you want to talk about something that makes you laugh, out loud laugh? Reboot. It's about, So, you know how we're having all, the, all these stupid reboots, Fuller House? And yeah, oh, yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. Know. So, this is uh, about, uh, uh, they're bringing back this show, uh, and uh, it was about, uh, it was called, I think the show was called, you know, a fictional TV show called Step Up or Step Right Up or something like that. So the premise of the story is this guy uh, marries this woman with a, a young son, so he's a stepdad. And then, but her husband, her ex-husband, her son's father, always seems to be around no matter what, right? Yeah. And so the the show ended because the main character 
you know, Key and Peel Key always, you know, he leaves the show because for greener pastures, you know, because he's a, he's an outdoor and the comedy was lowly, you know, and of course, there's, you know, of course, nobody's, uh, everybody's career went, because it's like 25 years later and everybody's career went to crap and stuff like that. And so now they're rebuilding the show with the original cast and the little person that plays the kid, he's a grown, you know, he's an adult, you know, and all this. So you have uh, Johnny Knoxville, who is actually really funny because I thought he was an idiot, but he's pretty funny on this show. That's the guy from Jackass, right? Because I thought he was an idiot. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know, and Michael, P you know, and Peel, you know, not Peel, Key, and um, um, oh, uh, my favorite. Yeah. Paul Reiser is in it. Oh. Um, Rachel, uh, did you ever watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriends? No. Okay, well, the woman, the, the girl who um, um, created Crazy Ex-Girlfriends, she's in it as well. And just, the, the, you know, we have the, gen, the, the whole generational thing, you know, Gen Zs, Gen, gen Xers, you know, Baby Boomers. Oh, God, it's it's, it's okay. I'm sold. Now I, I will. Now I will tell you. We ran across a dud. What? Um, the new ish Mike Myers series. There's a Mike Myers series. Uh huh. And we gave it three hey, episodes. I've, really, I've never really been a fan of his. So we gave it three episodes and yeah. walked away. It kind of trades on the uh, Austin Powers vibe. Uh-huh. But it ain't funny anymore. No. I mean, that is so, you know, last, like, that is so last uh, century. Yeah. Oh, and by yeah. the way, by the way, I have, to, I have to interrupt for a minute because uh, I, had a no I had a note from Matt in San Francisco. Labor Day Challenge. Okay. Labor Day Challenge. Work with me here, not Ooh. to take away from the topic at hand, but Imelda, our Yorkshire Terrier, has had four of the five puppies oh. so far today. We're just awaiting, awaiting the arrival of the fifth. So far, all boys. Daddy Ferdinand, right. Daddy Ferdinand, and the names of the, pup, the, the Yorkies are Ferdinand and Imelda. That's what you happens when you marry a Filipino. Are both doing well, although Imelda has done all the work and is a bit tired. All the pups are suckling and doing well. So, $50 challenge, $10 for each pup. Maybe we'll name the pup. Wait, this is, this is where, I mean, the whole thing is just a beautiful little cowbell. But this is where, oh, this is what makes it art. Maybe, remember, it's Ferdinand and Imelda. Right. Maybe we'll name the puppies after shoe brands. No, no. Yes. Are we Jimmy Choo? Are we doing? Yeah, there'll be Jimmy Choo and Monolo. Monolo and Blonick and 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 yeah and 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 maybe maybe Vincent Ferragamo. I I don't know. Oh, 
my God. Or Salvatore Ferragamo. Um, or, or Steve Madden. No, not Steve Madden. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, may, and maybe one puppy named Birkenstock. <laughs> or, there in my case, uh, 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 Crocs. Oh. Croc. Croc and Birkenstock. Jimmy Choo. Croc and Birkenstock. Oh, God. Oh God, Crockett's That's beautiful. Thank you, Matt. So hopefully, uh, hopefully there's the ten dollars at a time. Hopefully we'll knock down a uh, uh, knock down a hundred dollars of the fundraising goal with that. And thank you to Christopher. Uh, Twenty five bucks, suckling puppies. Yay! Thank you, Christopher. Uh, so that's okay. that. Cha- that cha- that challenge is half met. Thank you so much, Christopher. Uh, Matt, you just, that was just, this is what happens when you marry a Filipino. <laughs> Ferdinand and Imelda. Oh, and I know they've got to be totally adorable. Please tell me, please tell me Imelda gets little bows in her hair. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh God. I love Yorkies. I love Yorkies so much. Uh, I, I We had a Yorkie for 16 years. His name was Nicholas. Yeah. And he and he was really? yeah oh I loved him so much. Well, speaking of we're, when we come home from um, hold on a second when we come home from Mexico we're going puppy shopping. Ooh. Because Kimba Kimba Kim, Kimba Kimba needs a, a a companion. Yeah, Kimba needs somebody to you know be Kimba with. And so, um, but the, the, now the, the 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 dog that you were house sitting has has re, I, t- I think did I tell you? Yeah, rehomed. Uh, rehomed. Returned home. Is due, uh, no, no. To her, to back. We gave her to somebody. <laughs> um, we gave her to um, one of Jan's employees, who had an older dog who was coming. Not you know on her on his last leg, and they are getting along famously. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, I'll send you the pitch a picture of them sunbathing together. Oh, um, Aaron's dog. His name is King Rex, and you know, and so now she's Princess Luna. Of course, she is. She is now Princess Luna, and. Um, he's already, you know, she's been with them now for almost a month and, uh, cause he's a runner and he, he sent us pictures of her on the leash running in the, you know, cause he runs up in the mountains and stuff up in, you know, here, out here in the valley. And she's the perfect, the perfect dog for him. And they are, do, and they are doing famously. And I am so I mean, oh, that's beautiful. She, you know, we, I really wanted to keep her, but I just, like I said, Jan has the time, but not the strength. And I have the strength, but not the time. And even Aaron says, I'm going to send you the picture now. He said, even she, she even pulls him, you know? So it's like, uh, yeah. Oh, a, a, a dog like Kimba. I mean, you know, those shoulders, you know, I'm talking about Luna, and so it's, it's like... Oh, I've got a picture of Ferdinand and Imelda. 
Oh, no. Oh, they're beautiful. And I love them so much. Stop sending your picture. Imelda's on the left and Ferdinand's on the right. Ferdinand's silver and Imelda's kind of the, you know, the the blue-black silver with with a little beautiful brown muzzle. Oh, oh, they're precious. So, King, I just sent you the picture. So, Rex is on the left and Luna's on the right. Okay, it hasn't landed so yet. Can, so, yeah. They, they, just, they just, oh my goodness. I know, you so, make yeah. you talk like that. Make fools out of ourselves. Just like complete and total idiots of ourselves. It's, it's kind of embarrassing, but, you know, it is what it is. But, I, so, yeah, so. Um, now Jan wants, you know, so we're going to start looking for a puppy. Um, because with, um, we need, Jan needs somebody, uh, somebody. She needs a, a dog that we can, you know, deal with on a lower, on a lower level. Because the problem with Luna, because she's a sweet dog and stuff, but since my cousin pretty much had her crated, the whole time she was on the earth and let her, you know, because apparently where she lived, there were no dogs allowed. So she would have to, like, take her for a walk at night, and, you know, and keep her in the garage and all that. So whenever we would let her out, it was, she she would go crazy. Yeah. And, and we just didn't have the strength to, you know, the, like, and we felt that, you know, we couldn't leave her out like when we would leave the house we would have to keep her in a kennel and a ken- you know kennel was fine but this one and she would tear shit up and stuff like that and i'm like okay and we we would just besides herself because we just you know because we did not want to take her to a, um the pound or anything like that so um, when some one of Jan's other employees suggested give her give her to Aaron, and he you know he came and got her, and never looked back. So we're gonna pay for um, Luna to get um, um, fixed and um, her shots and stuff like that and whatnot and so forth. Oh well, I'm getting pictures of the puppies now. And they're precious. Your tiny little muzzles. They're, they're just beautiful. Oh, and I got to, oh. Now, Yorkie. Hold on, hold on. No, this is big. I can't wait to see this. Uh, Adam Parkamenko just tweeted, there's a new documentary out from Andrew McKay, the guy who did Don't Look Up and The Big Short. Okay. Guess who it's about. Who, who, who? Cucky Jerry Ooh. Falwell Jr. <laughs> it was mm. <laughs> and the pool boy and oh, Michael Cohen boy. digging dirt. Oh Man, and 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 if you look up Adam, if, if you go to Adam Parkamenko's feed on on uh, Twitter, you can see the trailer. And oh, I go, oh, I want to see this. 
Now, where, where, where are they going to? What, what channel or? I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. But um, as uh, as Adam Parkamenko said, and Andy the Angry Jew sent along, holy shit, this new documentary looks insane. Well, I'm excited because if it's on one of the viewing, on one of the streaming services that we could do a watch party on, girl. Oh, Becky, Becky. <laughs> Becca. <laughs> oh, and now I've oh now I've got a oh now I've got a picture of Imelda and the babies. And oh, there's oh it's so beautiful. God, how tell me another radio radio show that gets this 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 level of sweetness and goodness and kindness and loving and it, it's oh it's gorgeous. But we do have well, to go. But know, we do. But we do have to go back into the cesspool. Okay, yeah, we gotta go. Because I got a note that. I got a note from Angelo in the People's People's Republic of the Bronx. Uh okay. talking about all the screaming and barking and grunting from the uh the fascist right. This is the right wingers last swing at domination. They know that demographics is destiny and that they will be a minority by the midpoint of the century. They need to control women so that they won't be replaced as they fear. So they're Im- imposing a new Lebensborn policy and program. And from what I've been seeing on social media, there's more than enough brown shirts and sympathizers to make it happen. We need to prepare for the coming storm. And it may be coming sooner than we think. Uh, There are way too many experts out there, Tracy, who say that November the 8th is going to be a really rough day. And and I don't don't just kind of look askance at that. And then Ron and Raleigh with an observation. We were talking about Kyrie Irving. Subject line, things they believe. Let me tell you something. Young black men believe some truly stupid shit. Anti-Semitism seems to be embedded in their belief systems. I worked with young men that talked about the Rothschilds and their control of the world's finances. They also talk about the Illuminati and other groups that have the world on a string. A lot of the crap they believe comes from certain rappers. As far as racism is concerned, it will never disappear when a black person can't say that America was and is a racist country. When racism is written into the founding documents, America became a capitalist powerhouse on the backs of slaves. The value of slaves in the period before the Civil War was the highest valued commodity in the country. White people are writing themselves out of the narrative of black oppression. There is a new book entitled The Other Slavery about the enslavement of indigenous people and how it was worse than the enslavement of Africans. And, you know, you and I were joking that, you know, it won't be long before before Kanye's gone full hotep. Yeah. But that, that, that but, it, and, you know, I'm not disagreeing with Ron. It's kind of generational because I see it, I see it in, 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 in young white dudes. You know, yeah. and I don't, uh, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, the pernicious effect of people like Joe Rogaine and Ben Shapiro and, of course, Alex Jones cannot be overestimated. There is an entire generation whose minds are being poisoned, and it's terrifying. Terrifying, as well. And it, it, you know, it just, well, look, I got a story here because I've always got a story. Because you always got a story. Um comes out of KTLA. The story's the story's a couple of weeks old, but it, it dovetails with another uh, with another one I got here. It must, 
Channel 5 out here? Uh-huh. Okay. California man was arrested on hate crime charges because uh-huh. he perpetrated not just one, but a series of attacks where, wherein he would tear gas women and then what? scream at them. So it's not enough that you're going to tear, gra- tear gas them. You're going to scream at them as well? Johnny Devin Young, age 25, of Anaheim, was taken into custody yeah. recently on a warrant in San Mateo County and has been charged with four felony counts of assault with great bodily injury, four felony counts of illegal use of tear gas, four felony enhancements for the personal use of a deadly weapon, and eight felony hate crime enhancements. He also faces five misdemeanor counts of violation of civil rights, according to the Orange County District Attorney's Office, because, of course, Orange County. Orange County. Otherwise known as Mississippi County, California. That part. Uh, In one case last November, Costa Mesa police discovered two victims were at a local bar and had been separated. A 29-year-old woman later saw a 24-year-old man on the ground and stopped to help him when a man confronted her. The suspect, later identified as young, began verbally harassing the woman using explicit language saying he wanted to see her genitals and asked to have sexual relations with her. The, the man who was on the ground saw Young harassing the woman and ran to help her, but as the man approached, Young allegedly used a chemical agent to spray the man and the woman. Investigators learned Young has a history of targeting or stalking women outside of clubs, bars, and fitness centers. He allegedly approached and followed women while using explicit language and said he wanted to have sex with them while recording the encounters. Two victims oh had... But two victims had previously come forward and described their encounters with Young, during which they said they were pepper sprayed by the defendant. And then this, because you know where it's going, right? Because he identifies as something. Young has described himself as an incel or involuntary celibate. An extremist movement of men who believe they are being oppressed by women who aren't interested in sexual activity with them. Self-described incels have been linked to a number of terrorist attacks, most famously the 2014 Isla Vista shooting. And far-right groups have also exploited incel culture as a way to radicalize young men into, another, into a number of other hate ideologies. And see that cell become, and, and I see it because I'm out and I, 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 I watch this crap on social media. It starts with incels, but there are black cells. Mm-hmm. Um, Chang cells. Oh Jesus! Preet cells. And 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 these are all disaffected men who feel like they have a God-given right to have sex with whomever they wish. And I have refrained from talking about this because it's not, it's not pleasant. But I had another incident on the way home. And I'm talking to my therapist about it. And, I mean, you know, you know how I was presenting while I was gone. Yes. Uh, there was nothing masculine about me. So I stopped for the night in Lexington, Kentucky, because there's a, 
hotel that sits right on the road, right before the exit where I get on I-64 to come on uh, east into West Virginia. And there's a nice restaurant there with really good food. And so I got my room, walked over to the restaurant, and it turns out that last weekend in Lexington, Kentucky, was this huge horse show because it's horse country there. And I guess they're not some of the nicest people, the horse people? No. And I was literally minding my own business, you know, carrying on a little conversation, you know, with the people around me at the bar whatnot. Because it looks weird if you just kind of sit there and hunker down and you're all silent and shit. Just, you know, conversational. Minding your business. Just, you know, being you. Just, you know, enjoying it, trying to enjoy your meal. And like you said, conversating around with the people around you. And I was, I was, I actually got it to go because I was going to take it to my room because I was exhausted. And all of a sudden, this guy comes up to me. He's fat. Not that I'm fat shaming. He's wearing a plaid button down cowboy shirt and jeans and got a black cowboy hat on. Three or four days growth of stubble. Let's remember, I'm minding my own business. Mm -hmm. And he walks up to me and goes, What I want to know is, are you a man or a woman? This time I didn't freeze. Good. And I just looked at him and I said, oh, I'm all girl. Not that you're ever going to know. Get it, Get it. And the women who were with him said, leave her alone. They were from southern Illinois. And he persisted. And he said, well, are them nipples real? Oh. And I said, I wouldn't begin to know where to get fake ones. <laughs> and I turned to leave, and that's when the bouncer put him out the door. I'm learning so many things, Tracy. So you're really going to appreciate the uh, um, last week's episode of Quantum Leap. I can't wait. So it, 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 I mean, it's just I, I, I never I did not expect to because you know we you know Quantum Leap was the shit back in the late '80s, early '90s. Oh yeah, we're rewatching so, the original one too. No, I have been too. And so, you know, I've been picking out episodes. And that show, and it is held up well. You know, even some of the sexist stuff that Sam's, that Sam's, um, Al, Al says. Yeah, Al's pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty sleazy, but, you know, it's being stopped well, so it's, it's, it's okay. Um, oh, did I, but no, it's, 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 the show is held up pretty well. Um, because, like we said, all episode, all the episodes are on Peacock. Um, right. Don't you? 
How do you like? I I you know, I think I've been tra- I've been singing the praises of Peacock ever since I got it. You saw and you finally uh, but bit the bullet and went ahead and, and subscribed. Or are you are you doing the free version? I'm doing the free version. Well, you know, right now they have they have it um, for the premium. It's a dollar ninety nine a month for the first year. Wow. Right, so that's twenty five. What is that? Well, I'm totally, I'm totally stoked to watch this, but I want to, I want to, I want to stay on topic here, and okay. get to the next story. So that's the, that's the California, that's the California tear gas incel. Enter Trey Jenko, age twenty two, of Hillsboro, Ohio. Uh, he was actually arrested in July of twenty twenty one, but he has entered a guilty plea now. This 22-year-old white man. Because uh, he uh, he was discovered to have a plan to slaughter up to 3,000 women at a university in the Buckeye State. He had been uh, he had been to basic training for the army in Georgia. Uh, he got discharged for being a fuck up and bad conduct in December of 2019. And a month after they kicked him out of the army, he started doing surveillance at a university in Ohio. He also began searching online for things like planning a shooting crime, and when does preparing for a crime become an attempt? He wrote a manifesto, Tracy. He said he would kill women out of hatred, jealousy, and revenge. And he said it would be an extremely empowering action. And compared himself to Elliot Roger, the hero of the incels, who murdered six people and injured 14 more at a sorority house in California, the Isla Vista shooting. Right. His manifesto said that he hoped to kill 3,000 people. He wrote a letter in January 2020. He called it isolated, and he said it was the writings of the deluded and homicidal. He signed it, your hopeful... Yeah, yeah, he described it that way, and he, and, he, and, he, and he signed off as your hopeful friend and murderer. Jesus. And eventually, he had a domestic dispute with his mama, because he lived with his mama. Of course he lived with his mother. Don't and, they all? And sheriff's deputies went to the home where they accidentally discovered weapons and body armor that looked out of place. And started asking questions. Horrifyingly, terrifyingly, they found a firearm with a bump stock. Remember, a bump stock is what the, 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 the murderer used in Las Vegas. Right. They found multiple loaded magazines. They found body armor. They found boxes of ammo. They found a modified Glock-style 9mm semi-automatic pistol with no manufacturer's marks or a serial number. He pleaded guilty to attempting to commit a hate crime. 
and it is punishable by life in prison, and one hopes he gets it. And he's only, and he's, he's a child. Yeah, he's been radicalized. He has been radicalized by online right-wing websites, and as usual, or as is all too often the case now, it starts with an incel site, because he's seething, and he's just an average white boy. Okay, he's got a little chin beard. He's got some soulful puppy dog eyes. And he was radicalized by these websites that tell him that he is forever doomed because of the shape of his skull or the thickness of his wrists to be alone. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, the shape of his skull and the thickness of his wrists? Yes. What the? And the slope of his brow, or the slope of his forehead. And the size of his brow ridge. And his chin. Because these incels focus on these minute body parts in order to come to the conclusion that they are just forever doomed to be alone because they are evolutionarily inferior to what they call the chads. The chads. Oh, my God. And that women gravitate toward chads and will, like, use people like him, Trey Jenko. Uh, women will use him for support uh, while they are out merrily romping with the chads. And see, people, I don't think enough people take this seriously, Rob. No, they don't. That's why, that's why I cover these things. That's why I mention them. And, again, uh, he's a self-identified incel. And the U.S. attorney, attorney uh, announcing the guilty plea said, uh, it's an online community comprised of men who harbor anger toward women they think unjustly deny them sexual or romantic attention. And this goes back to what Angelo in the People's Republic of the Bronx were saying, was saying about uh, uh, instituting a new Lebensborn. He, had po- he put profiles on, on intensely popular incel websites He made hundreds of posts from late July 2019 through the middle of March 2020. In one post, he detailed spraying some foids and couples with orange juice in a water gun. Uh, And I guess it's something he had done. And for those who don't know, foids, F-O-I-D-S is a short-form version of their word for women. It's the short form of femoid. Femoid? That's the word they use for women. Femoids. He was ready to commit cold-blooded murder because... He felt like he deserved the physical attentions of women and that 
I guess women were just deliberately withholding sex from him, which was his natural right to their bodies. What is this, a handmaid's tale for God? And once again, they walk among us. I mean, if I would, if if you were to see if you were to see this kid walk walking around in the in the mall or wherever, do we still have malls? Yes, we do. Uh, you'd think, okay, well, whatever. Just another guy. Well, see, that's where you and I differ because of who I am. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I get your point. <laughs> I, I, I. I have I I I look around at these people and I you know I have I have certain radar and you know to you know some people may think they look normal but and, and it's like when people get in my cab I'm very you know I I tell people you know what my I need to do something you need to get into another cab when I get a vibe from people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, you you work a very dangerous profession. I work a very dangerous profession, and so if it's I typically only pick up couples, um, women, and not to say that I mean because we know that there are couples who do you know live you know some horrible things together, but it's just because. You know these people—they're nuts—and like you said, they walk among us. And I—I'm more afraid of the white guy, you know, than I am of any black men, because of the country that we live in now. So I, you know, if I if I get any kind of vibe from people, I'm like, you know, you might want to get in another cab. Because my, you know, I I make some kind of excuse or whatever. Or when people come to my dark cab, I flag down a, the females. You know, yeah. and they're actually happy to get in my cab anyway. You know, and say, hey, you know, because they see a woman and they're like, okay, let's go. And I don't even care how far we're going. I just want to be safe. Is I just. I try not to live in a constant state of panic and and fear and apprehension, but sometimes it's next to impossible not to. Well, I mean, there's there's fear, and then there's just general awareness. Awareness, and you know, and and now for you, sweetheart, welcome to being a woman. Yes, and and that's what my therapist and I were talking about, and she is you wonderful, know? and she said. You have got to rearrange how you live your life. And you've got to, you know, because I caught myself, you know, in, in talking about it with her, I was like, you know, and, you know, I was just wearing, I was just wearing a pair of leggings and a little athletic top and, and, a, and, a, and a jean jacket. And, and I said, holy shit, I'm doing it to myself again. What was she right. wearing? How was she what dressed? Was she was she asking for it? For it. it it's like when you, when um, the whole, you know, let's go back to, you know, when that girl was raped by Mike Tyson over the Offender Hall of, I forget. And well, what was she doing going up to the room? She knew what 
he wanted. Yeah. And and it's like, regardless of whether she knew what she, you know, maybe she did maybe have the intention of going up and, you know, and getting and getting busy and getting jiggy with it. She has, has the right to say no. Yeah, so, absolutely. It's like if, if a woman is if, if a woman is married, and her husband or her boyfriend or what have you, and you know how many years, how many decades did it take to finally say that a husband, you know, can't can be guilty of raping his wife? Yes, can you know? Consent, yeah. the The idea that there is consent in, that, that happens in when everybody says "I do" is just. Ugh. So I'm learning, but again, I didn't let I didn't let it throw me into a doom spiral. But it was frightening. I, I am glad because you know because we you and I, for whatever the reason, seem to share the same brain, <laughs> and we and we put ourselves in these doom spirals, and. Um, we, you know, I, I spend so much time lying in the fetal position um, that there should be a permanent dent in my bed yeah. from me just, you know, shutting down. Right. And, you know, so Darlene, Darlene, she, just said, Darlene just said something here that, that's trenchant. She said, I fear for the safety of AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Nancy, et al., if the Republicans take the House. That part. And Darlene is not wrong. And uh, this is an important question. Uh, Randy Radar said, uh, are incels a modern phenomenon? Yes. Yes. Um, it, it, it actually, the term is not that old at all. And, it be, and, and oddly enough, how many times do we see this replicated? It begins with uh, a woman. Uh, it goes back to the 1990s. A Canadian uh, a woman, a Canadian university student who was known only by her first name, created a website to talk about her lack of sexual activity. And she called it Alana's Involuntary Celibacy Project. And a lot of people came on to talk about the fact that, you know, they weren't getting any. But it got co-opted mm-hmm. in the 21st century and blossomed on a, a website that we've talked about before called 4chan. And just about anything nasty that's going on culturally in the United States can be traced back to 4chan. Uh, you remember Pepe the Frog? Yes. 4chan. Uh, remember the WP White Power salute with the index yes. finger and thumb? 4chan. Uh, and then it, and then a subreddit was created on uh, on on Reddit called Incels. And, and and between 4chan and that Reddit, that subreddit, you see the development of the entire culture through the first part of the 21st century and all the way up to now that comes up with all of this vocabulary 
Um, and only in 2017 did Reddit ban the incel subreddit under a new policy that prohibited content that encourages, glorifies, incites, or calls for physical or violence or physical harm against an individual or group of people. And they talk, and, and they use language from like the movie The Matrix. They talk right. about taking the red pill, which is the red pill. yeah, which is is where the was where an incel realizes they're an incel. Then there's the black pill, where they realize that there's no hope. And 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 that leads to well mass shooting. Right. I mean, there's an entire list on Wikipedia of incel killings. And they overlap with the white supremacists and the alt so-called alt-right, you know, the Steve Bannon bunch. Right. To the point that you've got, like I said before, uh, you've got uh, Nick Fuentes, who heads a, a neo-Nazi front group that, you know, Marginal Trailer Queen got down and dirty with. And, you know, palled around with. And this is the guy, again, I mentioned it because it just boggles my mind. Uh, he proudly declares that he has never had sex. I don't believe him. But in particular, he says that it is gay to for a man to have sex with a woman. Wait, wait. Okay. You know, I'm not feeling well, and sometimes... No, I, no, you didn't hear me wrong. And so, and the thing is that that one um, that that one story about uh, Trey Jenko in Ohio, he will be glorified, of course, by the incel, uh, and and people will say, "Oh, I wish he could have done it." But it's interesting that the news story does not mention which university in Ohio. It just says an Ohio university. Right. And, of course, there's overlap uh, among incels. You'll often see um, anti-Semitism. That part. They will say that feminism is a plot by... Jews to, uh, to 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 neuter. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant males. <sighs> they promote. Uh, uh, they. Uh, you know they're transphobic as fuck and homophobic as fuck. And they talk about uprisings and and revolutions. There, yeah. And uh, by the way, Emilio says, uh, "Yeah, why do women reject them when they're so charming, intelligent, competent, funny, and loving?" I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Shocked. I tell you, shocked. So. What, what is it in? Uh, and they're not, and they, and they are not just a. They're not just a. He's shocked that there's gambling. It's like yeah, I'm shocked, shocked that there's gambling in this establishment. Yeah, Captain Raynaud. 
but they are not just a tiny little minority. They're growing. No, they're growing. And remember that with the rise of German and Italian fascism, uh, one of the first targets, even before Kristallnacht, was people who were gender nonconforming. Right. And not heteronormative. They murdered a doctor named Magnus ha- Mac. Oh, I can't remember now. Uh, but uh, he was doing groundbreaking work in gender studies. He had a clinic in Berlin. They killed him. Magnus Hirschfeld, I think. They killed him and burned the clinic. Oh, and uh, just to, okay, to get away from that toxicity, uh, we are halfway done with the uh, Labor Day challenge for Imelda, courtesy of Matt in San Francisco. And all five boys are now here now. They're now here. Oh. Gucci, Armani, Gucci, Armani, Hermé, Fendi, and Prada. And they are precious little fellas. Are they keeping all five? I don't know. It would be hard to let go of them. Yeah. But then again, that's seven dogs to take care of. Yeah, but walking walking them, you know, with like a seven stranded leash just out there in the Bay yeah, Area, that would be yeah. that would be yeah. sweet. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you gotta say it like that. Yeah, why are you? I just, you know, I, I am hyper aware and hyper vigilant of my surroundings because I, um, when Jan and I first moved to Encino, you know, and she works from home, and and she would. You know, I would come home and the door would be unlocked. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, is this, you know, I'm like, ooh, white women, you white women with your false sense of security. You know, she would tease me about locking the doors, right? Yeah. Until uh, a few, about maybe six or seven months after we moved in, the post office down down the street from us got robbed. And uh, all of a sudden, thank you, excuse me, um, she made sure we locked those doors. I'm like, look, I grew up in South L.A., okay? Um, and even, and I grew up in a time where, you know, back in the day when we locked, we didn't even lock our doors. But then when we moved back in the 80s during the crack epidemic, you know, and, I mean, wait, even when we moved to West L.A., we locked doors because of where we, we used to live. And it's just, I, I've never, and I, I don't think I've ever, I've never told this story. Um, when I was a little girl, I was walking down the street, and let's see, I was probably in maybe the fourth or fifth grade maybe fourth or fifth grade, I'm walking home from school and I got, and I started being followed. And these guys are trying to get me in their car. 
and me being me, you know, I walked and I got away and I ran into a business. But I've always had this thing about me keeping an eye out because even when I didn't, you know, I did, I, you know, when I was a little girl and stuff, I had no idea about the target that young, young black women and black women in general had on their back. I didn't know. I did. I knew. I guess I knew without knowing. If that makes any sense, it does. So I've I've always been keenly aware of my surroundings because it's happened more than once. It happened more than once. And now that I'm older and realizing how many thousands, tens of thousands of black women and girls go missing, and no one ever looks for them. It makes it, 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 it that realization made me, you know, kind of made me freak out a little about what could have happened to me. What would there, you know, because this, of course, before Amber Alerts and stuff like that. But I think about how when black children, especially, oh, and, and when the parents start to try to report them missing, oh, they just ran away. They'll be back. They're just hanging out with their friends. But when it's a white girl, you know, alert the media, their search parties and all sorts of stuff. And so, you know, so now with this thing with the incels, and like you said, even like I said, rather, even with the, the young black men that are feeling this way, and I've met some, and I don't know so much about the incel stuff, but just the, the stuff that they talk about. It is fucking frightening, and so it's just. And they're not. Yeah, and they're not kidding. And I mean, they're it's, not joking. It, you know, they're they're not joking. It's just like I know. And and Steve in New York asked the question with the incels: Who do they like? What's the remedy to this? And. See, it's a, it's a it's it's a it's a self defeating spiral because they are convinced that they are utterly undesirable. And but as but even though they're undesirable, they feel like they have a right to demand access to women's bodies. Right. That part. I mean, it's, it, it's, it make it makes no sense, but it doesn't have to make sense for them. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to make sense. Okay, keep me talking. Tell me to drive past Randy's Donuts. Okay, drive. Tracy, you, drive past Randy's Donuts. You know, you know, you know not to stop. You know, because they'll do that. Hey, girl, the first one's free. Shit. And then, and that's, and that's how they get you. Then you're hooked. And, and there's no line, mother. Okay, I'm driving past. Keep driving. I'm driving past. I'm, at, I, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping driving. But it's just keep driving, Miss Daisy. Keep driving. This, this, this sense of entitlement, and it doesn't. It's just, it doesn't. Because, like I said, I noticed this with my fellow classmates. You know, and, and like when I was, you know, returned for my undergrad. It's so, it's so funny. I can say I'm a grad student. Wow. Okay. Anyway, enough about me. But when I listen to these kids. And the way they talk to the professor 
and the things that they demand from the professor. So and I'm, I'm just sitting there like, this is why I could not be a professor, because I, I catch a case, Robert. I slap the taste out of somebody's mouth. Yeah. Yes, I said slap the taste out of somebody's mouth. Okay? So it's like there is something. I don't know if, you know, because I am not a psych major or anything like that, but, like, there's a, there's a rotting away. Of our of our young people's brains and and their ability to think for themselves, and I don't know what it is. Is it laziness? Is it you know? It's like nobody wants to think. Well, for apparently, themselves. when you they apparently think. when you go down that toxic rabbit hole, I mean, you remember the Harry Krishnas and the Moonies, right? Right. It was damn near impossible. I mean, deprogramming took. Weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, it, it, like, you know, alone in a cabin the million miles away in the woods. It's, and it's getting bad. It's getting worse. And, and with, the, with, the, with, the, with the rise of the Internet and, the, and, and followed by the talking, you know, remember, the, the, the Internet was barely live, and the first thing that went on it was porn. Was porn exactly? And you remember? You, rem you remember that? I mean, every time they launch a new AI on social media, it becomes a Nazi in about twenty-four hours. It is it, like you said. It's just hate. It is. It takes. It is so easy for people to hate, but hate is taught. Yeah. Hate is learned. Well, it's like something Lady B just you know, sent me. Lady B said, I clean buildings for Colorado hey, Springs Utilities. Hey, Lady B. In an area where the houses on the Mesa here start at 900000 a year. Like Tracy, I'm more afraid of the white men in the area than any brother. It's not because they're Republicans as such. It's just that there are no street lights in this area. The residents voted against them. The white wives jog in Lululemon gear at night. I fear this will come back to haunt the residents. At least my building has lights and the plant has security gates, but I'm still nervous. These people are living in la-la land. They think they're safe mm -hmm. from the riffraff. The biggest danger probably lives right next door, white, smiling, and smug, right next door. knowing nobody would ever suspect them. Or even worse yet, right in their own homes, their kids. And 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 think about, you know, think about that that young mother, who was abducted and murdered in Memphis. Right. And I don't. I, this is a caveat in advance. This is not me victim blaming. But she was living. At, <laughs> Being young and like millennial and working age in this kind, millennial and 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 and, and she was a like a kindergarten teacher, okay. But she was trying right. to take. She was trying to maintain good health and kindergarten. Being, a, I can't imagine the end of a day as a kindergarten teacher. I, you know, how do you not just no. come home and 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 go into a coma? That part. So. She was out running at 4.30 in the morning. 4.30 in the morning. 
And it's like, I'm not the only woman who has to learn that it ain't safe out there. Mm-mm. And I'm just so damn happy. I'm I'm I'm, I'm just I'm just bebopping around in my joy. You know, I put up a post on Facebook yesterday because uh, yesterday was National Coming Out Day, and yesterday yeah. was yesterday was two years to the day since I came out and started living full time. And it, it, and I was, it was just filled with happiness. And I stopped by to take a picture where the first picture was taken. You know how it's go, how it started, and how it's going. It's going wonderfully, for the most part, but it only takes one. It only takes one. Exactly. And see, again, I've been living in this body as a you know living as a black woman for fifty six years now. So, and you know, you talk about the intersectionality of uh, racism. You know, we got misogyny, but then I got to throw in racism as well. And right. class and all the other things. So, as black, you know, but then again, I'm looking at these these young black women now. And I'm just watching, like you said, it's likely, you know, and I'm like, sis, you know, little sis, what are you doing? That's like among among the incel community among um, because it's not limited to white boys. No. And among the non-white incels, there's a theory called JBW. Just be white. And that means. Ugh. Because apparently the white folks are getting all the sex. The white boys. Are they really though? No. Because there's white incels. I mean, yeah. Uh, they say that they say that eighty eighty percent of women only want twenty percent of men. And they endorse a thing called hypergamy. Oh gosh, and that means. Oh God. Um, thumbnail. Uh, a person. A, a woman marries someone from a higher social station and you know it's something women do to advance them you know themselves marrying up as it were were. oh and by the way I have to thank Ralphs Ralphs thank you you finished off uh, Matt and San Francisco's challenge for uh the Labor Day challenge for Little Imelda, and so um, uh, ten dollars per ten dollars per pup, and that means that uh, uh, the the challenge for Little Gucci, Armani, Hermé, Fendi, and Prada are all there. Uh, oh, I know, oh just this is the sweetest thing. And by the way, uh, <laughs> Darlene said I knew one of them was going to be named Prada. But I was secretly hoping for a little Dr. Scholes, you know, for a practical kick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's just sweet. Well, I'm going to run on because I, I want to I want to get another call in here before the program yeah, ends. Get another, and I'm, you know, but, you know, I just for my fellow female 
uh, members of the Horn Community Congregation, please be out. Please be aware. Please be careful. Don't take, you know, don't walk around with this deep up and with this false sense of security. When you walk out of a building, have your keys in hand. Don't go, you know, when you get up to, before you get out your car, when you get home, have everything ready, have your purse ready, have your coat, everything that you're going to gather and have your keys ready. None of this digging in your purse for your keys when you get to your car or get to your house or whatever the case may be. Have that shit ready when you get leave the store, leave your job, and when you get out your car and get into going to your house. Please. Yeah, and you you know how you know how I feel about guns, but the fact of the matter is, I understand. Don't endorse, but I understand why there are you know holster purses and holster bras. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's been an uptick in black women getting gun permits. Yeah. And trans women, too. Sales are through the roof. Maybe I need that to get part. maybe I need to get one in pink. But everything okay, you just said applies to me. Yes. And I will and, and I will I will I will often slip my finger through my key ring with a key sticking out. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do the same thing. Shitty way to have to live. I mean, I, I, again, this is how this is how I was raised because of the world where I lived, where I grew up. So these are the things, and just because I live in fucking Encino, I'm even a bigger target there than I would be anywhere else. To tell you the truth. That oh wait, before I go, so remember I told you about my crazy neighbors who, you know, had their Trump signs and stuff like that and fuck Biden and fuck, you know, Newsom. So they took the signs down and they put up all this, you know, Halloween shit. They put this stuff up down there in July, okay? So I was coming home yesterday, not yesterday, what's today, Wednesday? I was coming home Monday and then they they had taken all, I mean, they put work. I think they work in the, in the movie industry. They have put in work, Robin. I mean, the whole yard was covered with, you know, animated, you know, animation and stuff. I came home and they took that all down and put back the Trump signs. So what do you think of that? Oh, God. So this is, this is what we're, this is the country. This is what we're living with right now. So again, everybody, please be careful. So I'm going to let you go. I love you. Be good. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for driving past Randy's. And I did. And, and there was no line, so it was really hard to drive past. Well, get, look at you. Give yourself a treat when you get home. Have a stalk of celery. Fuck you. I love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, uh, Matt's challenge uh, for uh, Labor, Day, Labor Day challenge was met. Thank you, Matt, for the challenge. That means that uh, we took a little, we took, we took, took a bite out of the deficit today. Thank you, and I, I hope all the boys, are just, all the little little guys, just thrive. And you know, Imelda gets a little break, and Ferdinand, Ferdinand is most most uh, attentive. 
Okay, let's uh, let's keep this going and go over to the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. You there? Hello? Yeah, there you are. Yo, yo. Hey, hey, Robin, how you doing? It's Clarence. Hey, Clarence, how the heck are you? Good to hear from you. Hey, I'm hanging in there, Robin. I was just, I was sitting there listening to you and Tracy, and something, um, something you said that really kind of crossed into what I've been thinking about. We, everybody's looking for a reason why people are acting the way they're acting today. And I was talking to my cousin last week. I said, you know, with the violence in the, you know, the big, the inner cities, even out, you know, in the rural areas with the, uh, the drug abuse and all that stuff, there's a reason for everything. And I'm sitting back and I'm saying, we got a real, uh, what made me really call you because you, you, you threw a word out there is toxic. We got a toxic population out there. If you think about it, Rob, the average American, their diet is salt, sugar, and acid. And I was telling my cousin, I said, why we got the youth messed up like this? The young folks, you know, in their developmental years, they don't be eating um, vegetables and fruits and stuff that, you know, to help their minds to develop. So now you got kids, you know, 14, 15, 16-year-olds making decisions that don't make any sense. Of, I mean, a kid picks up a gun and goes like, run around and, and shoot somebody based off of some kind of little incident that they have. And, you know, you remember when we was 14, 15, most incidents, somebody bump into you or knock something over. But still, their their uh, their conflict resolution is kill somebody. So I'm saying something's got to be, you know, you, you hear the uh, cliche, something's in the water. So I believe we got a mental development problem. And that's also even with some of, some of the adults, even our age. If you haven't eaten the right things down through the years, you don't develop right. So you, your mind is, you know, it's just off click. So what do you think about that theory? Well, I, I think I think it's uh, Clarence. I think it's part of an over an, an overarching cultural phenomenon. You can't ask people to just go hell bent for leather from birth. And yeah, right. the mo- and and in fact, you know what you just said. The biggest part of the diet uh, now is probably number two field grade corn. That's that Roundup Ready garbage that gets turned into high fructose yeah. corn syrup and uh, corn syrup solids, and I uh, forget what the uh, the name of it is in in powder form. But we probably consume more of yeah. that than any other thing. And yeah, I exactly. Would, so you know. I I, I I remember uh, listening to a lecture by Dick Gregory in like 1983. Hello, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Where, where he was talking about, you know, uh, being malnourished is not always indicated by being all skinny and having your ribs sticking out. He said, exactly. He said there's pr- there's, there's plenty of there's plenty of fat ass corporate executives who are malnourished too. And that's the, that's, the, that's the point I was trying to get at today, um, because um, everything had cause and effect, and there's something causing something. I'd be curious if uh, they, you know, the, um, I guess the scientific or the medical community would do a study on that, because, uh, it, it, you know, we, we keep saying that, and I'm saying it again. I don't understand what the hell is going on. Like you say, the, um, the incels, right? You take that, that particular group. You know, what... What 18, 19-year-old kid, you know, a young man with, 
don't have no desire to be with a woman or something. I, I, I don't understand that. You know, well, no, but but the but the in, the, the, incel, the incels have the desire, but they want it entirely on their terms. They believe in male superiority, and and and. Oh, okay. Well, see, I'm thinking they want to be silly because I'm, I'm no, cute. Okay, are, I, I see we're incel. Okay, okay. Yeah, these are involuntary. They that. call themselves involuntary celibates, and they feel like they feel like they're, they, they, it, they're being denied. But the problem is they're very easily easily radicalized into things like neo-Nazi movements, and and that you know in in that world, of course, they can rape and pillage at will. Yeah, and, and you know, funny you say that. When I discussed with my cousin too about that um, uh, that particular group, you know, the um, the gaming industry, um, them young guys, young and uh, gals who do the gaming thing. That's the way they communicate. They communicate while they're playing the games and stuff. And they shoot, you know, they shoot around sports, uh, politics and stuff. And like you said, they, they get radicalized, you know, just in the gaming, you know, things. And I um, I read, read, a, read a couple articles about that. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just was, I was, I was curious about this, this topic. Because I'm like, read a story up there, you know, I'm from Philly. And on the day, this uh, little 19-year-old knucklehead... He's no longer with us, but he decided that he wanted to have a shootout with the uh, SWAT team, you know, up there. And um, he shot three cops today, you know, but all of them survived, but uh, they made sure he didn't. You know, and I'm like, what, what was a 19-year-old dude want to have a shootout with the police? You know, and it's, it's, it's maddening. It's like that kid in Ohio that's pled guilty and is going to face life in prison. He wanted to murder 3,000 women. But he knew he was going to die in the end. Yeah, well, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think rational people can wrap their heads around that. But we also, but, but, exactly. but we and also it, tend to, to to put our heads in the sand and pretend it. Yeah, I mean, when I started talking about this, you know, here, I found out that there were a lot of people who had never even heard of this. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't hear that particular story, but I. But like I said, I've been following, you know, whether in hard as your news junk, following the violence across the United States. And I'm like, what is causing it? And, it, and it's the, you know, it's younger and younger and younger for some reason and stuff. And I um, I remember when I was back up in Philly, I, I guess you know, when I was up there uh, in Tocatester, uh, most of the inner cities had what they were, you know, corner stores, bodegas and stuff like that. And if you if you walk in there, um, Robin, when you walk in one of them facilities, all there is in there is salt, sugar, and acid. They might, if you're lucky, you'll find a store, a store with a, they might have a tomato in there. Somebody, you know, throw in a pot or onions, lemons behind the counter. But that's it. That's it. Everything else is hoagies, you know, processed foods, processed. And a lot of these kids, you know, what they call, you know, I'm using air quotes, latchkey kids, because, you know, their mother, father, the ones that do work, the ones that that's even at home. You know, um, these kids, they get out of school. You can't even get in the corner store without the kid, you know, um, uh, knocking the kids out of the way if you have to, to get in there. Because they lined up in there getting chips, you know, sugar. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. Tasty cake, uh, one of the big treats. Uh, I was telling my cousin, I said, when I was coming up, Chinese food uh, or McDonald's, Burger King, you know, that was the beginning, you know, when I was young. But that was a treat. We might get it once a month. And sometimes it might be once in every 90 days, but it wasn't every day, all day. You know, it, it, was, it was a treat. 
But, uh, you know, today some kids live off of that stuff. And, uh, you know, like, I know that's not good for you. And that, that will turn you into some kind of, <laughs> you some kind of creature, you know. Uh, well, you know, one, I, of, the you thing, know, one just, of the things I, was, I, was, I find this interesting, I, um, I know y'all got Dollar Generals where you are in South Carolina. Uh, yeah, they all over the place. Yeah, I delivered to them, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, in, in the last year, they've been doing a remodel and reboot—I guess you could call it. And lo and behold, it about fell over. I walked into Dollar General one day, and all of a sudden, there's lettuce and bananas and tomatoes and onions and potatoes and stuff in there. Because I, think, you know what, you 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 uh, that, that little experience you had there, you I saw the other day. But anyway, I, I saw um, a DG market. I said, oh, because, you know, Walmart yeah. has these little neighborhood markets now. Exactly. Yeah, but I saw a DG market. I said, okay, maybe they're going to do that because I was in a Dollar General the other day, you know, so I get my soap and stuff. And it was one young mother. She had the little kids there. And, you know, if you're shopping in, in, in Dollar General, something's got to be wrong with you. But anyway, the cart was just full of, you know, just junk. And she got three little kids, and she was trying to settle them down. I said, that's why they ripping and running. You, you'll never settle them. But she had an EBT card. I'm watching the whole process. And if you look around, in a lot of these markets, when you go to Walmart, any of them, you'll see some of these carts, there's no fruit in them at all. No, you know, nothing healthy for the child or the, or the family, period. And it's um, and that, that tells the whole story right there. That tells, well, part of the story, not the whole story. But, um, but then again, I think it's... um. Is done on purpose to out, you know, to overprice produce. You know, so some, some produce, like you're walking most of the markets that I go into, the first thing when you walk into the store, it's right there. Everything's smelling good, looking good, but man, some of the prices are knock you off. So naturally, you're going to go right to the aisle that you can, um, you know, manage in your budget. So, but um, I just had that little theory, man. I, I, and I believe there's something to it. Because uh, there is a reason for everything, man, and all this this, this nonsense and well, there's yeah, Clarence, I think, and, and and I agree, but I think it's part of the fact that there is something that happens when human beings sit down and take a meal together. Yeah. Oh hell, yeah. right on point, Robin. Right on point. But that's the kind of family I grew up in. Because you have we to, you have to, you know, family. you slow down. You know, and, yep. and and you and and you have time for each other, and you, and uh, you know, it's like uh, Annette and I were talking the other day. The proliferation of these uh, outfits that send you all the fresh ingredients to make a meal that they send the recipe to you for making, because right. people don't learn how to cook. And you know, I I love to cook, but yeah, with the, with the generation like the generation behind yours, yeah, I think that's getting less and less. Because like you said, well, yeah, and the, and the and the thing I, is, I've yet to see anybody in their thirties years old in, in the kitchen and uh, doing what, what you call scratch cooking like you do. Right, most people's is uh, boxes and bags, you know. So. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and and I'm not I'm yeah. not gooning and you know being all get off my lawn and everything. But, you know, how many people under 40 can make a pan of biscuits? Exactly. Exactly. How many people under 40 can make a pan of cornbread? How many people under 40 can cook a pot of beans? And and the the number is not large. And so they have to be taught. Oh, I know it's not. They have to to be taught. With the microwave. Yeah. 
but they have to be yeah, taught to but, cook out of these it, it, boxed it, up recipes, you know, Hello Fresh and all of that stuff. And again, I'm not trying to sound like a yeah, an old crank, but oh no, you, no, your point, your point, your point is right because now here's here's the 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 key word that you use there. It's taught. And the thing about teaching somebody, you got to have the ability to learn. You know, not only to want to learn, you got to have the ability to learn. And it goes back to again. I said, if the mind is not developing, it's not ready to even uh, accept right. and, that type right. of information. Right. And that, exactly, and, Clarence. And when and when Republicans rail against school food programs, when kids are coming from homes where they're not getting fresh cooking every morning, or exactly. even every evening, I mean. I know I know teachers who pack food backpacks for when their kids go home on the weekend because otherwise they won't have anything to eat. Children cannot learn who do not eat. That's right. And you gotta eat the right stuff too. They ain't all just sugar and acid. They, um and fruits. And I um Yeah. But, you know, getting back to that part you said about that sitting down, man, I remember so vividly, man. I, I miss those days. It's many years ago, 50s and 60s. But they, um, we used to sit down as a family. So our sister and brother, we sit, all sat at the table. And I, I, I used to, you know, when you're young and stuff, I don't like doing all this stuff. But it was a reason. And my mom, she was, she was real clever. And one of the things that happened while we all, while we're eating, she would go around that, that table and ask, what did you do today? How was your day? You know, school, blah, blah. It was right. like therapy, and I mean that went on every night. That the whole family was home. You know, some nights she worked and stuff like that. But if she was home, we all sat down as a family. Yep, I remember that so vividly. That, that, that went through my, my um, young years to my teens to the day I left that house. Well, I think about and I think I, about I, my I, mama. I have a, my mama had home ec, and she graduated high school in nineteen forty three. And, mm-hmm. she, and she had home ec, and, and I've still got her recipe box full of recipes that she copied onto index cards wow, in high that's, school. That's, that's, that's good. And somewhere along the yep. way, we decided that, that you know, uh, home ec was, and, and, you know, it was gen, it was divided into gender roles. Boys took shop, girls took home ec. That's, that was wrong. Mm-hmm. But teaching, teaching, thing when I was teaching, teaching people how to live in the world, you know. And maybe, I don't even think they had those in school. School no more. Do they? Do they have home ec classes? And, no, it's got. I mean, it's we had got shop class. I mean, you know, got, even in the inner city, we had. Yeah, it's got a fancy. Uh, it's, got a, it's got a fancy new name. I mean, uh, when I toured my old high school this past weekend, it was amazing. They have a fully stocked professional kitchen for their culinary arts program. See, now it's all, wow. it's all now it's all bougie and shit. It ain't home economics. It's culinary mm-hmm. arts. But you know, home economics—they were the people were learning how to how to sew and fix shit around the house and cook. Yeah, we had, and, and, and yeah, we bottom, had, even in Philadelphia, we had. We, go ahead, I'm sorry. And the, but the bottom line is, in today's corporate America, nobody has time to do that. You know, first of all, the possibility of a single wage earner household is long gone. That ended in 1976. That was the last time that in this country there was a majority, that the majority of families were single wage earner. Right. And, 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 and since then, and, and it gets complicated, but 
you know, low pay, you know, adding more people into the workforce created an ability for corporate America to pay people less money because they had a Right. I was getting ready to drop that other joint because you say with the one, the one, um, the, the one home earner, right? Back then, you remember, <laughs> you had union jobs too, where mm-hmm. only one person could take care of the whole damn thing. I mean, they put kids through college and stuff back then, you know. But like you said, that's <laughs> a long gone um uh, situation there. But uh, I um. Yeah, I just had that thought about that, man. No, I'm just, glad. I'm, this is your second. I think this is your second phone call. So I was, uh, I was tickled to hear your voice. Are you home in South Carolina right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I actually went to the dental um, clinic today and went over there, and then they dropped it. You know, because I don't, I, I don't have a, um, I don't have a dental license. Yeah, so I don't have any dental coverage. Yeah, yeah. You know, I Because I'm I'm all persnickety. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up down in Alabama, there was the typical red watermelon, but there's yellow watermelons. Have you have you have you had the yellow watermelons? No, I've never I've never even seen one. It's the first I've ever heard it. No. Oh, they're beautiful. They're, they have this this uh, this this golden flesh, and I swear they're sweeter. Checking on the, I'm going to Google it when we get off the phone. Here. Yeah, it was it was, it was real big down in Alabama. Yeah, but he he surprised me with that watermelon and he uh, and um he said he growing greens and stuff back there. He got a, I guess a nice piece of land there, but uh it was nice of him to do that. So, but um but yeah, like I said, I've been wanting to call. I've been reluctant to call sometimes. I've been ready to get the dog, then I I'll get him later. I get it later. Put it off. Put it. When you talk about that intro, that kind of caught my attention because I said something's got to be. There's something causing people to do this. I'm a true believer in cause and effect. We just don't do things just to be doing things. And it's, uh, with all this violence and, you know, and 
and the, the stupidity going on. Don't nobody, you know, take books out. Every, it, it seemed like everything's upside down, you know, inside out, you know. And, it's, and I said, got to be a reason. And I said, they're always doing studies. <laughs> they need to study uh, focus group on, you know, just every every community type, you know, like um, the rural areas where you at, urban areas, you know, just check everybody and find out what the hell is going on with the mindset, you know, because. People, you know, we got more suckers a day. They fall for the crap that, uh, you know, the writers putting down, you know. And then I think some people, uh, the ones that not affect, because even though I, I was thinking about the toxic, the toxicity of the food and stuff, you know, two people gonna eat the same thing and have two different reactions. Like I, I got, I'm like bro, my brother, he can eat uh, twenty pounds of food and won't gain a pound. And I can look at 20 pounds of food and gain 200 pounds. You know what I'm saying? The same thing. So I know we're all not the same. But uh, but I think it's something triggering. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Triggering the, the people's behavior. Something that's triggering the people's behavior. And, I, I, and um, uh, you know, I'm not a scientist or well, doctor it's, or anything. It's, but it's a pressure cooker. You know, there's 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 just, yeah. there's just too much there's too much pressure on on people, and you know, to their uh, to their credit, you know, the Biden administration has tried. You know, again, he's the most progressive president we've had since FDR, but he's never going to be able to do what he needs to do until he's got a Congress that will work with him. And if we if we yeah. if if, yeah. if shit goes sideways November eighth. I don't. I, I I can't even dare to think about it because the, I mean Clarence the House. You know people like Marginal Trailer Queen has and 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 Jim uh, Jim Jacket off Jordan have already said they're going to impeach him. You know for what whatever whatever they imagine to do. You know whatever. Yeah, they're making a. That's what I, you know. You know the people in my camp and the ones I run into. One thing I try to pass on to folks about. You know, this political process, a lot of people don't understand that the voting process is part everything is, is called, you know, um, uh, behavior management. And what you do when you vote, first you get the person in there that you um, that you want in there. They got your ideas, whatever. But then after they get in, you still got to stay on them and manage their behavior. What it is, I tell, this is an analogy I use real quick. Um, try to explain to people, politics is a game, just like football, baseball, basketball, and stuff. But it's a cool game. You know why it's cool? Because you can change the rules. See, in, in football, baseball, bad, you, you can't do it. All you can do is watch and bitch and moan and celebrate. But but in politics, everybody, if you get enough people on the same side, you can manage the behavior of the people that's running things. But uh, what it is, the, the average folks out here with us, they don't have, they, um, don't have a real connection with that. But once they, you know, and as time goes on, more and more people are getting politically aware. That's why that's why the right don't want nobody to be woke. They know what time it is. Because uh, even the stuff that they, they go against, they know right from wrong. Because most of them folks, they're educated, you know, been to college. They've been around. They, they learn it, people, as they say. And so they know better. But they manipulate those who don't know. You know, and that and, that, and that's, that's a well, big Well, sure. Problem. I mean, I that's, the, that's, 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 that, 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 Clarence, that's the entire Republican Party. Wealthy people manipulating yeah. poor people uh, into 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 doing things that they would never do otherwise. Teaching you know, yeah, teaching, I mean, it, teaching it, people to hate, teaching people to 
uh, to you know basically you know cut off their own noses to spite their face. Exactly. And the thing about that, what you're saying, there, Ramley, here's here's another view that I have to. How can you know you like I am? I couldn't even fathom of trying to manipulate somebody to do something that I know is not good for them. And I, I, I couldn't sleep with that. But you got folks who can actually do that. You know, the Trumps, and I'm like, the things they do. And I mean, they they do it so much that it's, it's, it's almost normal to them to be nasty and vile and stuff. And I, I, I couldn't do that, man. You know, I, I mean, if I bump into somebody, I might have a, you know, I have a bad day. I'd be like, oh, why did I do that? that, that you know. But it's crazy, man, that you got folks like that that run around and think that um, that is cool to manipulate people. And then, it, then it, and, uh, it's another old cliche I heard, a thief can't stand a thief. See, and what happens is when it happens to them, then they get an attitude. When they feel like they've been you're manipulated or you mess with me, like you take down, you take my papers and, you know, everybody's messing with me. Like, dude, all the stuff you done did, you, you really need to shut up. But um, you get very offended when things ain't going his way. You know what? But don't have no problem uh, messing somebody else's life up. Uh, and he's, they need to do that little study on him, man. I bet that that little diet that he got ain't too good either. <laughs> but, uh, oh, and by the way, you got, you got to call in. Oh, oh, I, I'm so glad you did. And, you know, Jude just sent me a note and said, Please encourage Clarence to call in more often, as I fully understand the hesitancy in calling in. It swirls around me, too, being hesitant. Excellent point on the diet perspective, Jude says. So thank you for that, Jude. All right. Thank you. And uh, Brian yeah, wrote thanks, in. Thanks, Jude. So you've you got to go looking around see if you can find it, because Brian wrote in and said, Yes, Robin, yellow watermelon is the best. <laughs> I'm definitely going to look that up. Yeah, it's not like the, or- it's, yeah, it's not like the orange of a cantaloupe. It's more... It's more like the yellow color of the skin of a lemon, and okay. it's, it's wonderful. But the, the, the water, um, I got a question because you, you, you're food uh, expert. The, melon, the watermelon and, and, and um, honeydew and all are they all in the same family? Or are they in different families? You know, the, I think I think they all come like I, I cantaloupe, think, honeydew. Yeah, I think they're all out of the gourd family. Okay, uh, and I am. Um, I don't. I, love well, I, don't know, I don't know. You know, cantaloupe and honeydew and stuff may be related to uh, squash. Wow, and I, and I and I don't like squash, <laughs> so that's just weird. I got a weird uh, taste bud too. <laughs> but like it, most, yeah, I uh, I got a really, I got a real limited uh, you know, type of amount of food that I eat. It's, it's crazy, but uh, you wouldn't think it because you know I carry this extra weight, but uh. I eat the same thing over and over and over again. Well, I tell you, I tell, but, uh, I tell you what. Uh, I was at the reunion last weekend, and they had, uh, you know, they 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 put out a, a spread. It was kind of finger food and stuff, but oh, it was so good. But the one, th- oh, I, I, mm-hmm. I, there was there was one table that I just hit with 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 vengeance. They had beautiful wedges of Maytag blue cheese, and pres- and and. Ah, hey. And, Man, you would have been fighting over that. I'm uh, a blue cheese. Got it. Got it uh, sitting in my refrigerator. I got it. <laughs> I put it uh, on everything. Almost. Oh, it I was the, yeah. These wedges of Maytag blue cheese, because I saw them, mm. and 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 um, freshly like sliced 
you know how, how you take the cheese slicer uh, pieces of, of fresh parmesan and, oh, okay. and, and prosciutto and thin sliced uh, thin thin sliced salami and I just oh I went yeah, at, I went after cheese. that I went after that I stuff with a will. Yeah, I think I'm part mouse when it comes to cheese. <laughs> but blue cheese, I love it. I, I can eat, I can eat blue cheese and some hot rolls by itself. <laughs> Just well, I'll be damned. Botanically, a melon is a kind of a berry. Get out of here. How about that? And and hmm. melons all originate in Africa and in the hot valleys of Southwest Asia, uh, Iran and India. Hmm. And they started moving into into Europe at the end of the Western Roman Empire. Um, well, they're a good staple over here, that's for sure, down here. Oh, have you ever had watermelon? You, you, ever had, you ever had watermelon rind pickles? No, nah, that's oh, get out! I'm not I'm, uh, that, the, a pickle. The, okay, you know the only pickle that I really like. You know, like I said, I'm a funny eater, finicky, whatever. The only one I like is gherkins, and if you want to call it, are they pickles? Because I love the sweet oh, part yeah. of them. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and and watermelon. Yeah, every rind. now and then I eat a dill, but watermelon yeah. rind pickles but are. are how did the rind it. say? Uh, oh, it's, it's it's great, and it tastes like. Uh, well, it's got the same pla- fa- flavor profile as one of those candied sweet gherkins. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I had to try that. Yeah, because that that that's if it's sweet pickle, like I can eat a sweet you know relish or whatever like that, but. Uh, Oh, I love and, and I, I love I love I love me some bread and butters. Bread and butter yeah. pickles. Oh, I that's so like good. Those yeah. Well, Clarence, it has been yeah. an absolute joy talking with you, uh, and uh, you have yourself a wonderful evening. And do not be a stranger. If you feel that hesitancy, I'll, avoid it and pick and and, and dial in. People, I just heard from Emilio, and Emilio said, "More Clarence, more Clarence." Uh, well, I'll, t- I'll try to do that. Go step it up, because I am. Because you know, like I said, I got this house down here, and I and I really need to call in because sometimes I be uh, kind of lonely and stuff. And but I sit back, but I really listen. I like to listen to you know the rest of uh, folks too. But uh, yeah, that um, I was just trying to put something on that. Something's causing something, <laughs> you know, whatever that means. But uh, yeah, but I appreciate you uh, giving me your time right now. So oh, I'll call in more pleasure. often. All righty. All right. Take all right. You have a nice night. All right. You too. Great hearing right. from you. So, all right. Bye now. Bye bye. And uh, uh, Clarence, if you still got your uh, audio on, uh, Vermont Country Store has watermelon rind pickles. Uh, Randy Radar tells me. And this, some breaking news. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I bet there's some screaming going on down at Marital Ardass uh, via CNN. Thank you, Steve in New York. Trump employee tells FBI that Trump directed boxes to be moved at Mar-a-Lago after the subpoena was served. A Trump employee says that the former president told him to move box told them to move boxes out of a basement storage room to his residence at Mar-a-Lardas after the legal team got a subpoena for any classified documents at the Florida estate. And the FBI and the FBI has surveillance footage showing a staffer moving boxes out of the storage room. Well, now, could someone kindly explain to me how that isn't obstruction of justice? The Washington Post had the story first. Um, 
Merrick Garland, stand not on the order of your indicting, but indict it once. Uh, but they'll wait till the election, right? Because they already know that November 8th may be an absolute shitstorm. Well, y'all, that's it. We had a little overtime tonight because I was late to the air on Monday. I think we've we've caught up with all of that. Uh, thank you so much to uh, to uh, Ralphs and Christopher for meeting the Labor Day challenge. And more, more. Hey, Matt, more pictures, please. We'll be needing those. And um, Ralphs asked if you would pretty please put the uh, put the photos up on uh, up on your Facebook page. So. You have that request. Um, tomorrow, the fundraising goal will be, uh, well, it, it's not going to be $1,000, so yay. It'll be uh, $9.30, $9.30. So thank you to all of our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Everything you do helps keep all this on the air. Thank you to our a la carte contributors and people who provide the challenges. Thank you to each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in this program in whatever manner you so choose whether it be live or whether it be the podcast, please know that having knowing that you're there is why this program exists. Thanks to our all volunteer staff. Thank you to our uh, thank you to our um, inveterate, indefatigable uh, moderators in the chat room. Thank you, Sparky and Steve. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. Brand new fresh Malloy on the way. 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. And of course, um, the first, the best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head on to li- head on dot live. Thanks, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thank you, to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. Check out Coal River Mountain Watch on Facebook or uh, go to their website, crmw.net, and just see, what, uh, see the amazing work that, they, that, that Coal River Mountain Watch continues to do. A proud union shop that it is. Uh, your support for H.R. 2073, the Appalachian Communities Health Emergency Act, is deeply appreciated. And it is the best hope for a future that Appalachia has. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Wear your mask when you're among the great maggot unwashed and unvaccinated. Wear, 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 like I said, wear your mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance. And, uh, well, if, uh, If some average-looking white dude comes toward you on the uh, down the sidewalk, muttering about femoids or foids, avoid that incel like the plague, and think about running. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later. <laughs>